When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the saviour of the broken, the beaten and the damned? Ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereupon, welcome to the Black Parade. and welcome to another episode of Modern Escapism. As you can tell, I am not Oodles. It is me, Stig, hosting for tonight because Oodles is off sick. Although I do find it a bit weird that he's off the same week that Leeds lost two games, one 6-0, one 4-0, and the same weekend that Elden Ring came out. It's a bit Hmm. sus, if you ask me. It's us. Yeah, a bit sus. But... We have the regular crew with us. We have Candy. Hello. Gadget. Hello. Biggie. Hello. And stepping in for Oodles, coming on as a, a better Oodles, a, be- a better a better podcaster. Sorry. <laughs> it's Deadbeat Punk. <laughs> Hello. Oh, for fuck's See, sake. I'm sick too, <laughs> and I made it here. Yeah, hey. I am as well. So... Um, well, I guess I'll get into the shilling and the selling of the Patreon before we get into everything. So I'll hand you over to that marvellous, magnificent, sexual bastard known as Stig for the uh, Patreon. <laughs> when I host, I get to say whatever I want. It's the only bit you put fucking effort into. <laughs> it's <And> true. Shots <laughs> fired. So, yeah, if you like what we do, we have a Patreon, and if you head over to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism, you can see the tiers we do there. First up, for £5 a month, it's Modern Escapees. That gets you an extended edition of this episode every week, as well as at least one monthly special and any other specials we do. As well, you'll also be able to suggest um, episodes for us to do, which is what we're doing today. We're doing Deadbeat Punk's episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be so much better than Super Natty's cat. Thank you. This is what I voted awful. for. <laughs> Thank you, Biggie. Biggie got my back. Yes, mate. my back is it all does. Biggie. <laughs> you got Biggie all over your back. Oh. <coughs> That's why I paid the Patreon. Cavell, <laughs> I think we broke oh, Stig. He's getting in my uh, selling already. I'll kick you in the already. chest, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sell our shit here, man. Give us your fucking money. Give us your money. Give us your fucking money. And if you like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, you can give us um, your money by standing up to the Scott Sheep tier for £5 a month. That will get you ad-free early access of the episodes, as well as artwork by Candy and any original music, battle maps and character sheets we put together for the show. And you'll also be able to suggest NPCs and items for Gadget to use in the campaign. And for £7.50, it's the Biggie Bundle. And it gets you everything. Uh, oh, excuse me. Price is subjective. 
Including that. <laughs> Including that, yeah. As an MP3 if you want to use it for a ringtone. <laughs> Sorry. Price is subject to VAT. And if we have one more Patreon subscriber, <laughs> we'll make sure that Debbie Punk takes over permanently from Oodles. I'm not saying this yeah. since the first episode. Yeah, it's in the, Maybe that uh, should be our next stretch goal. Get past 100 and... Sorry, Oodles. It's in the listeners' hands. It's on you. So he, knew, he must have known this was coming. You have an episode off, you get slagged off. That's just Absolutely. the way it works. It's the rules. <laughs> it's the rules. <laughs> we love you, really. Anyway. We're all getting fired next week. Rest in peace. And I, keep, I need to keep remembering that I'm hosting this week. So as the host, I will move on to what we've been up to. And Candy, tell us, what have you been up to this week? Actually, I haven't been up to a whole lot, I'm afraid to say. I've been... Uh, Excellent. Quite a Biggie, what about you? I have done a few things. Well, to be fair, like most of my spare time I've been spending with Aloy and, oh, such a pretty game. Oh, it's so yeah. good. I spoke about last week. I'll, um, I'll revisit it once I've finished and uh, go into it in detail. Um, so one of the few things I've been doing, I've started listening to Eddie Izzard's um, autobiography called Ooh, Believe Me. Cool. So there is, it's been a whole week of starting things that I haven't actually finished yet. So you're just going to get a half-assed nexus, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, it's before I carry on, I did look up her preferred pronouns and she prefers she, her. And if I get it wrong, it's um, purely a slip of the tongue. I don't mean any offence of by course. it. Um, yeah, so it's her autobiography. I think it came out within the last couple of years. And it's really, really interesting because she narrates it as well. And it's, oh, it's funny to listen to what, what kind of crazy tangents she goes off on as she speaks. So she, she's written the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but while she's narrating, she'll actually go into sort of more detail. So what she says is it's an accompaniment to, uh, I think she must have done a live show as well, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah, there's a new um, one at I'll the be, moment. I'll be watching it. Yeah, so it's probably the oh, same thing. So this is the accompaniment to that. Um, yeah, it's really it's a really nice insight to how her mind works. As I said, she goes off on the tangents, but at the same time, you can almost kind of tell that as she's been putting pen to paper or um, or whatever you want to call it with an audio, but she's kind of figuring things out about herself, and she'll kind of um, mention it as she goes along. It's it's been it's been a really good listen. It's obviously, like I said, quite a cathartic experience for her. Um, what it, what I found interesting was she doesn't really go much into being transgender. So the, the point of the book I'm at at the moment, she's still talking about her young life and. Um, she sort of says, you know, that those feelings were always there, but there, there wasn't, or she certainly hasn't gone into, into any particular moment where she thought, right, this is me, that I'm transgender kind of thing. It's almost like she talks about it as if it's just no big deal, which is, mm-hmm. it, which is quite, it's nice because I sort of feel like I wouldn't feel awkward to ask about it. Like, you know, you, you sort of want to ask questions about how they feel about certain things without causing any offence. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always enjoyed her comedy anyway. Like, it's just so bizarre. And you can yeah. see, like, so much of it is kind of off the cuff as well. And it's just, like, she talks about um, she's dyslexic, but only sort of in certain ways. So she has, like, 50% of typical um, dys- dyslexicness. So she doesn't feel like, she sort of feels like a bit of a fraud being dyslexic as well. But it's it's obviously completely apparent in the way she writes things and talks about things and then just, absolutely goes off on one and I tend to I, I listen to audiobooks when I go to bed 
and I normally kind of drift off, but I have been staying awake and actually managing to listen to some of it. And I think it's like every five minutes I will be just pissing myself laughing. And it's not a funny book. It's mm-hmm. an autobiography of, of their life. Um, and it's really quite sad as well because she lost her mum so young and, and goes into quite a bit of detail with that. But it is just, it's, it, it's funny as well, the way they sort of um, narrate their own life. So that's been really enjoyable. As I said, I haven't finished that yet, but um, it's been good, good so far. I always find too comedians never turn off how they talk or how they construct sentences. So you're getting an amazing level of insight that's still delivered in an entertaining way, mm. even if they don't yeah. intend to do it. Yeah, so. I think that's exactly what it is. It's obviously like completely natural, just mm. a very sort of different way of thinking, I think. And um, she even goes goes on to s- sort of mentioned that um like i said she kind of makes notes and has or footnotes as she's speaking but she said yeah mm. actually i was analyzing things at a really young age i must have been about four at that time when you know obviously having these quite complex thoughts about her life but yeah really good um what else have i been doing i started tales from the loop has anyone seen that I haven't no no so, no I've, I've, I've seen i've seen the role-playing game it's based on the original art, which I think the TV show is then based on. Yeah, that's right. It is based on art. <laughs> so it's kind of a um, like a paranormal sci-fi type show, um, a bit kind of Twilight Zone. Um, and it's it's like a collection of stories based in one town, which is um, or which surrounds this um, this company called the Loop, and which they're they're obviously seemingly up to some time control and various other experiments, and not too sure if. Uh, they're up to no good or exactly what's going on at the moment, but it's, um, it's good. It's quite sort of, um, it's quite dry. It's, uh, you know, quite serious in tone. Um, but I do love a good sort of twilight zone, like mm. story of the week kind of thing. Really, really yeah. good. But I've got too far into that. And also this afternoon I watched the Dice Awards and I'll probably go into it more with the, uh, in our green room after the show, but that was enjoyable as well. I had a lot of Todd Howard. Had a lot of my husband introduce the show. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, did, I, I, I did enjoy that clip of um, of um, Game Over Greggy just going on stage going, you know what? Fuck Bobby Kodak. That's what, what I was going to mention. because he, So good. Yeah, it was so good. He just comes out and says it. And he actually he calls the companies out. He calls Bobby Kodak out. He doesn't pull any punches. Um, but one thing with that is that... It's it's a tough one with that because Blizzard's, you know, so many people are boycotting Blizzard for um, honourable reasons, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you have to remember that the victims of these horrible workplace um, things that have been going on, a lot of them are still working there. So not only have they had to live through this just shitty work environment, now they're seeing their own game getting boycotted as well. So I think there's better ways to support mm, the people that work at Blizzard. Oh, than, definitely. Yeah, than, than boycotting. And I, I remember when it all kicked off a couple of months ago, <coughs> um, you know, they, they put out some charities that you could donate to instead of boycotting. Um, mm. so, I, so I did that rather than, and not that I play actually that many Blizzard games anyway, but I just, the thought of them having to go through this and then potentially now losing their jobs as well is just, uh, just a horrible thing to think about, really. Um, but yeah, back to the Dice Awards. Fun. It was... Um, just a typical kind of game awards show, really. Oh, and uh, Phil Spencer got his Lifetime Achievement Award, and he uh, had a nice little, uh, nice little speech as well. He seems like a thoroughly kind of nice bloke. Obviously, like a complete nerd, 
Um, he's he's, he's, he's got big fellow. nerdy dad vibes. Big nerdy dad vibes. Big vibes. Yeah, for sure. I'd love um, to get him on my show. You never know. You never know. Maybe yeah, that's uh, next week's guest. Exactly. Yeah, well, maybe. yeah. I I just want him to get getting pass on Steam Deck, and then we're all it good. Looks like that might be happening, <laughs> doesn't it? I think there's he wants rumbles. he wants Game Pass on it, everything. So if Gabe is open to having it on there, then I'm pretty sure it's going to end up on there. Mm. Yeah, but, but, well, uh, Gabe's come out and said like, they're not doing like a Steam Deck subscription service, but he's happy to have Game Pass on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I was going to try. To I was going to so probably install Windows or something on it to get Game Pass running on it. But if mm. they're just going to say, "Yeah, make an app for it," it can go on there. You can play your Game Pass games. You can play your Steam games. Fuck, that's just <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping my pre- if that happens, I'm keeping my pre-order because. Yeah, it's yeah. not beyond the realms of uh, probability, is it? You never no, know. But yeah, that, that's it. Bit of a boring week, unfortunately. Not much that I've finished, but next week will be a good one, I promise. Because I'm not here. Bombshell. Right, we'll move on to you, Deadbeat Punk, our esteemed guest. What have you been up to this week? Well, I got sick just for the show. So uh, I hope you all appreciate that. Yeah, and still we do. We, up. we very much do. We appreciate you turning up when you're sick. You know, it's more than yes, some people admirable. do. Admirable. Have you I'm noticed so as well? He's got his fucking Cliff Richard top on again. I, I don't yeah. take this off. <laughs> <laughs> this is me, you know. <laughs> he wore that on the episode of Fuck My Work Life that we went on together, and unfortunately, they didn't get the joke because they don't know who Cliff Richard is. He obviously, <laughs> obviously, Trying didn't break America. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun, actually. I had a really good time on that episode. Yeah, yeah they had a sure. really good podcast that. But yeah, what have you been up to? I have been up to plenty, but when I was sitting down to make notes for the show, I realised that most of what I've been up to is for future episodes of my show and <laughs> a future episode of somebody else's podcast. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Can't really talk about those. <laughs> so I go, I'll talk about what I've been playing. But last week, Candy kind of talked about Forbidden West very well, a lot more coherently than, oh yeah, coherently than I ever will. So I'm kind of fucked. So I have been playing <laughs> Wasteland 3 again. I've been playing a co-op with Pan Gram Soup. That's a great game. Yeah, fucking superb. Uh, played it on the Xbox One X originally and the loading screens killed it. It is built for the PC, if you have the choice. Mm. Oh, really? But with Series X out now, loading screens, they're still bad, but they're nowhere near as bad as they used to be. So How, how does it play on console? Because I, I played it, I did my first run through of it on PC mm-hmm. when it first came out, but I've been kind of, it's sitting on my Xbox, I'm thinking, I should kind of play that at some point, because I enjoyed it, and I kind of it want to do one of the other builds. It's a fantastic port job. You can understand the limitations with the controller, never as natural yeah. feeling as the mouse and keyboard but they did the best they could do. The only flaw I had with it was the loading times. There is an area towards the end, I'll not name it for obvious spoiler reasons, but you transition from like a main hub area to other parts of the map Yeah, quite frequently in the quest line, and every time you moved map, fall on like, three-minute loading screen. Oh, so that that kind of took the sting out of it a little bit. Glad to see that's improved. Yeah. What type of game is it? Because I've, I've heard of it, but I've never played it before. It's like your old computer RPGs, uh, very much like Divinity 
original sin 2 if you ever tried it but with guns no i know yeah it's, it's giving it's, me the it's, fix it's, it's the original evol- fallout mm. yeah it's, it's an evolution of the concept behind the original fall mm-hmm. so it's isometric it's real-time rpg for most of it but then turn-based when you get into battles yeah you build up your score okay. different skills Great time. And you're a D&D nerd now, so you love it doubly as much. Yeah. <laughs> I had the oh, Wasteland yeah. 2 it. Kickstarter. I love that game. That was really cool. Yeah, I was the same. That was the return to form. Yeah. It's got a wicked sense of humour yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One uh, of the military commanders is a cat. <laughs> and he's is instantly... Uh, <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> an incredibly arousing goat, but, you know... Well, yeah. yeah you no need to play this. <laughs> Did you just say browsing or arousing? Arousing, my dear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say, uh, waiting for Forbidden Westland. I also started Cyberpunk as well and canned it just as quick. That's a bag of shite. <laughs> yep, it's it's now uninstalled from my Xbox. I'm not going back to it. No. I just I just don't know whether I can be bothered just hearing what everyone says. I did the prologue. I did everything up to... The cyberpunk logo, and then the scene after it regarding Jackie. I won't go into spoilers, but I did that, and that's where I left it. I thought that's a good place mm-hmm. to leave it. So mm-hmm. when they fixed the patches, I've not forgotten everything. I kind of know where the story is, and I can go from there. But everything everyone keeps saying about it, it's just like, what's the point? No, it is the trick. Is what is the point? Yeah. There's yeah. no point. To I've it. got other games I could play that are better. I will persevere, I will which is that. a shame, but. Yeah, just I know. I know you said obviously Candy touched on Forbidden West, but what are your thoughts mm-hmm. like on it? The story I have found fantastic, and at small point facial animation they're in par with Naughty Dog at the moment. Mm. Don't I've know. noticed that more as I've gone mm-hmm. gone along. Actually, like to begin with, I was like, oh, this is a bit looks a bit odd. But actually, I it's don't know why until... at the beginning of the yeah, I don't know why at the beginning of the. Um, game it looks quite jarring but actually mm-hmm. no they, they've really captured it I think it's when you meet characters that are going to be throughout the game uh, they obviously put more effort in those faces reactions captures but yeah it, it looks stunning I've seen Shamelessly. people showing like um, the photo modes and zooming right in and just showing all the details yeah. I saw one on Twitter today which is incredibly exciting he's like look at this and you <laughs> zoom in on the eye and you can see the reflection of what she's looking at within yeah. her eye and you can see the sunlight going through the cartilage of her ear and all the little tiny hairs on her ears and this stuff it's, the attention to detail is incredible this is the same game engine they use to make Death Stranding you can yeah, yeah, see is. the DNA from there it, that is an incredibly impressive engine. Mm. When they go PS5 only, that's that's going to be some immense work. Yeah. yeah. The only thing about the game, the climbing is janky as fuck. Do you think? I find oh, it much exactly. easier than it was in the last. To be oh. fair, I think actually everything about this game is way better mm-hmm. than the original. That's saying something because the original was good. Yeah. The original was so good. But no, I don't. I mean, I don't find it any more janky than most games where climbing is involved mm-hmm. there's always like you know it'll always slip to the wrong side or slip to the other side but i think it's, yeah. i've never i've never accidentally dropped off something from mistiming a jump yeah I've had a couple of instances where i melted through a platform and oh i haven't underneath it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the grappling hook only being available at very certain points i think is a missed opportunity but that could just be halo talking mm. oh, everything now needs a grappling it, hook it does Fuck, <laughs> it really does. 
Yeah, yeah, I never was Breath of the Wild. Uh, was um, this? I I never played Breath of the Wild, but I imagine mm-hmm. it's what Breath of the Wild is like to play with, so with the, the climbing and with the <laughs> spoilers. Um, they they stole the glider. Yeah, I see. That's what I've seen, and that's what made <laughs> me think. <laughs> yeah, the, it was the hang glider. But the improvements to the climbing, because there's no longer one path you have to follow, which was quite dull. It is opened a bit more. It does work well. It's more interesting. But when it misses, like. I've bethesda up the side of mountains. It's <laughs> quite <laughs> janky. You're like, you're like jittering up all the way up like that. Yeah. Oh, it's practice hands. <laughs> I've got to the highest peak in New Vegas. I can claim anything. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, we'll move on to you, Biggie. What have you been up to this week? Well, I'm sure you'll be happy for me to talk about... I'm a trendsetter, as we know. So I'm more than happy to... Other than, obviously, other than watching the mighty Liverpool win the league. Of cup. course, mate. Are we saving that for Patreon? Yeah. Save that for a fucking one-off special, would you? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you want me to talk about Elden Ring or Studio 66, because I'm that sort of person that has got my finger on the pulse. But um, actually, uh, what I want to talk about is the trip to the Natural History Museum that we did uh, yesterday. <laughs> I was worried for a second we were going to get another fucking wallpaper engine chat. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I've got it still installed. It's amazing. You need to get behind that wallpaper engine. I, I've got it I installed. I've never for never, 10 minutes. I've never used it. I thought was all I've been playing with at the time. What do you want me to do? Um, I can't talk about the penis foot that kid. But, um, no, it's... Um, <laughs> but no... Uh, Basically, when my wife was away, um, I was reading a book to my daughter one night, and it was called uh, Maisie Goes to the Museum. And she was obsessed that in this little, wonderful, little, cute story, um, it went to the Natural History Museum, and there were dinosaurs, obviously. <laughs> and there's a little picture of a dodo in the book. So he was like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, that's a dodo. It, what's a dodo? It's trying dead to, as fuck. Trying to explain playing to a four-year-old about extinction and things like that. So, yeah, she was adamant that if we ever go, we have to go and see that. So yesterday we took a trip to London. We went to the Natural History Museum. Uh, went there as a kid. Um, don't remember an awful lot about it, but obviously we remember the big blue whale, which is uh, still there, thank God. But it looks really cool. The museum is amazing. They've done a great job, I guess, of you know just improving everything. And the displays are fantastic. There's a massive animatronic if I can say that right, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex, <laughs> you can go and see, and that is just scary as fuck. It's oh, really awesome. cool. It's small though, isn't it? <sighs> Do you know what? I was thinking that can't be natural one. size, surely. But yeah, it still looks really <laughs> it's tiny, cool. tiny. Well, maybe I'm just too <laughs> They've got a thing there, though, haven't they, with the T-Rexes? They've got the, the actual skeleton, but there's a bit where you can walk around, and they've got like an animatronic. That's right version as well yeah, yeah. It's, it's just ah, really interesting it's really well presented um and a great time spent a couple of hours walking around the museum and it's big as well for those that haven't mm. been there it's a massive massive place and then they announced that the museum was closing in 10 minutes time and my daughter sunny turned around and said but we haven't seen the dodo cue massive panic <laughs> as we ran through <laughs> literally areas that we were told we weren't allowed to go through anymore and doing this weird like forest gump run through with the ushers chasing <laughs> after us going you can't go through there and i said well that person said i can she needs to see the dodo so <laughs> we're pelting through and we made it we found it literally in the last area we'd missed it completely i don't know how we missed that section but yeah, she's very happy. 
So, um, yeah, Natural History Museum, check it out. It's really current. Um, and then it's free. It's free. Yes, you Biggie, can but make donations. How? Yeah. <laughs> How's Biggie's bedtime stories not a Patreon special? <laughs> Happy to do this. If people want it, it's I'd be all over that. <laughs> I even do the voices as yeah, well. You'd be, you should be sat in bed with a rock on all night. <laughs> you never get to minutes. sleep. <laughs> well, there's one way to make yourself go to sleep. But um Yeah, and then um the other thing I had to tinker with as well was to um get RetroArch working on my Xbox One. Which I didn't realise I could do. Ooh. I realised mm-hmm. people were talking about the Xbox S and the Series X because they're really easy to remember. Um, but yeah, just had a tinker with that and got RetroArch up and running. You don't have to do an awful lot. You go onto Microsoft's website, pay thirteen pounds to have the dev kit um, function on your Xbox. You're not even breaking your Xbox, jailbreaking it, none of that at all. And then you can uh, install RetroArch and play lots of retro games that are running really well. Nice. So, yeah, really happy about that. But that is literally all I've uh, done this week. Are Microsoft the goodies now? I think oh, yeah. so. I think they are. I think they, I, think, I think they might be. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's great. It's just, it's just uh, they've, uh, I heard a rumor at one point they were going to try and stop it because they were worried about people hacking the console and stuff. But, yeah, it's still going. It's still available as an option. So Yeah, because... What is it? You access the debugging menu on the series consoles. That's right. And then you get your PC to remote access to the Xbox and install Mm -hmm. it. And then you just copy and paste all the ROMs that you clearly own. And um, away you go. And uh, yeah, I've got SNES. There's another feature. Biggie's hacking sessions. (laughs) (laughs) Once that YouTube tutorial is waiting to happen. Once that Steam Deck's out, we, we need the hero. Yeah, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love tinkering with stuff that I own. Um, so yeah, I love it. Really happy to see that up and running. Um, awesome. It's not perfect by any means, but it, it needs a bit of work. But yeah. So what's the game you test whenever you set up an emulator? Everybody's got one. Do you know what? It's really weird. I'm a, the SNES because of alphabetical, because I have loads of SNES ROMs. I literally go for Asterix mm-hmm. for some reason, just because. <laughs> I know the game, and I, I whack that on, and it obviously uh, plays. Um, yeah, Asterix is my go-to for some weird reason. Because top of the list, and you can't be asked to scroll exactly. down. <laughs> and you know me and scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right, I will go next. Um, the first thing I did this week that I want to talk about was I watched the new Scream. Mm. Um, it's a bit shit. Oh, no. So I've heard. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's just doing that whole thing. I think it's just the new Hollywood trend to make everything meta. And I know Scream has always been meta, but it's going beyond like what Scream 1 and 2 did. And it's getting a little bit silly. And it's almost, you're, you really expect at one point for them to just look into the camera and talk directly to you as about like how meta this is and like give you a knowing wink. It's just, it, yeah. I mean, the deaths, you know, the positives are the deaths are brutal. <laughs> For a, it's a horror film. It's, it's a horror film. So, you know, they it, they aren't silly. I think I think Scream 3 got to the point where it got a bit silly, but this, like, it's generally quite visceral and, and upsetting. There was, there was one point where someone's getting stabbed, and I was like, for me, who's seen a shitload of horror films and every death you can even think of, Someone just getting stabbed the way they do in this film. And I was sat there kind of 
feeling a bit uneasy about watching it. Like it, <laughs> so it it's effective in that way. But everything else about how it's meta and and all this shit is just I just can't be asked with it. After that, there's a moment where it slags off Rian Johnson and the last and the and uh, the last Jedi, and I just thought, okay, this I know where this is going. And then for the rest of the film, I just rolled my eyes at all the references and everything they were talking about and doing. I just think they went in the wrong direction with it. Um, so, yeah. Do you think not, the slasher think movie's going to die to death? <laughs> Fucking hell. In, in that way. <laughs> um, just because th- there isn't much to it anymore. Unless they can come out with a, a brand new spit on how to do it. It's What can you do? You've had the gore, well, you've had see, the stalkers. What else can you do? Yeah, see, slasher movies got to the point where it was just like, how do we up the ante with the kills? Mm. How do we make more more kills and more spectacular kills? Like, like when I talked about Halloween kills, like he's gone from like Michael Myers went from killing three people to thirty plus people in all manner of weird and wonderful ways. And like, like I said, this film kind of is effective with its kills, but it's just everything else around it is just you just roll your eyes at it and you're like. Oh, like really? That's that is where you went, and yeah, like it, it, it almost wants to go. This is a film. Remember, this is a film, and and they tried to take the piss out themselves and the studios, like very much like the Matrix tried to do at the start of the Matrix Resurrections, and yeah, it just at that point where I knew where it was going, I just kind of tuned out. I was just wasn't interested at all, and it was very obvious like as who it was and and who the killers were i just yeah just wasn't into it and somehow we're getting a scream six as well apparently <laughs> so. see i seem to remember scream was always like it was it was an 18 but it was always kind of aimed at teenagers mm-hmm. so like i remember i probably watched it when i was maybe about 14 i think it was exactly the right age but do, would you say it's still aimed at around the same age like would if a 14 year old watched it would they think actually this is really fucking cool no this is aimed at like probably uh, early to mid twenties. Shite then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like, I, I will gladly like go into it off off the mic so I don't spoil it for you. But I'll gladly like if people aren't bothered about watching it and the spoilers and tell you about what kind of happens in it and why I think it's a bit shit. But um, for spoiler reasons, I won't do it because there might be people listening who want to watch it. But yeah, I've seen like some of my friends and that, and people fall in that box like really enjoyed it, but. I just, I couldn't get on with it. It wasn't for me. The thing is, the, the original one was like really sort of tongue in cheek. It was like a play on those kind of movies, you know, the don't mm-hmm. go on your own out there sort of thing. Mm. And- yeah, exactly. Like that that was the point where we, we've not kind of done that, that. That was meta, wasn't it? That's the whole point of it. That was the whole point of Scream. And it was inventive and new. And yet it's just doing that again, but overloading it with, I hate to keep saying this word meta because you know, the demon spawn will appear behind us if we keep saying it too many times. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is just like meta times a thousand. And it seems to be the new thing this year. I, I think we're going to see a lot more of these kind of films where they're just kind of like winking at the audience and going, hey, 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 you know, you know, we're in on the joke as on, well. <laughs> is it on the same level as a uh, new nightmare? Um, no, but new nightmare is good. I like that one. No, I did too. Like, but right. it's, just because I, I know that one was supposed to be like massively self-referential. It wasn't perfect. Yeah, but, but that it, works. It, it that really works. New oh, Nightmare okay. really, really works. It it did like 
something new and inventive and that it really works. And that was actually generally a really good horror film, but this is just, and it's just full of really annoying teenagers, like, tr- like explaining things to you as the audience. It's like, I know this. Are you killer in this one? <laughs> Sorry? Are you rooting for the killer in this one? Uh, not really. Mm. Um, just as they're that annoying, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was a bit of a, a, a miss for me, unfortunately. Uh, the main thing I did this week, though, was I played Martha is Dead. So, full disclosure, I got a code for this. I was, and um, I played this. I wanted to get this played before I started Elden Ring. This is from developer LKA and published by Wired Productions. Uh, this is the game that has famously been talked about this week because of Sony censoring something from the game. Mm-hmm. I'll get onto that in a minute. But basically, the, the setup is of this is you play as uh, Julia, who is an Italian girl. Who it's set in the backdrop of World War Two. You are living in this villa, away, f- kind of away from the war in Italy as at the moment, and. Your father is working with the Nazis. So there's a bit of stuff going on there with like rebels in the area and what your dad's been up to. But Julia one morning wakes up and she goes down to the lake to meet her sister, Martha, and discovers that she's dead. Uh, she is has drowned in the lake and it becomes a murder mystery horror game trying to figure out what happened to Martha and everything kind of tech kind of spirals after that point um it's a basically a, it's a walking sim so if you like walking right. sims it's that kind of game I, I do like a good walking sim if it's got a good engaging story i think the story is really engaging i think what they're trying to do with the story and what they're trying to tell in terms of grief and mental health and everything on that line is is really well done mm-hmm. i just have a few issues with the way that the game presents its horror i think at times it doesn't do it enough you are one it, it kind of tries to do that thing where you're wandering around and you'll open a door really slowly like because so, something's going to be on the other side and i just wish that it did have a bit more of that in it that a bit had a bit more jump scares i think there is mm-hmm. probably about two jump scares in the whole thing the rest of the horror is more about unnerving and trying to keep you feeling unnerved which it does really well at times because the soundtrack is brilliant. They do this really wonderful thing with a violin where it's like someone playing it wrong and scratching the, like plucking at the strings and scratching the strings. And that really gets under your skin. But, uh, I had a few issues technical wise. Uh, I had issues at times with interacting with things. It wouldn't interact with things. Oh, what are you playing? I had one Xbox. So I had at one point, for some reason, all the graphics just blacked out, and I couldn't see what I was doing. I went into this little area was where it because you, you closed to... your eyes. <laughs> you <were scared laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to go into this area to use a um, like a do a Morse code puzzle, and I couldn't see what I was doing because I couldn't find the Morse code thing because the screen was just like all like all the textures went black. And I couldn't see what was. I found it, but just by happenstance, I was just clicking X everywhere. And I found it, but then when I when it loaded it up, I couldn't see the actual Morse code machine. So it was just. Eventually, I managed to do that when I it reloaded into a different day, 
Mm-hmm. And I went back in, but there was just just these little things. I got found myself at times when I was wandering through the woods, just getting snagged on scenery and unable to move. So I had to reload back to the last auto save. <laughs> luckily, oh, that's never good. No, luckily it, it auto saves quite regularly. So the most I'm lost at one point was like ten minutes. So it wasn't too bad, but it's just these little things that they sh- probably should have ironed out before they done that. But. Um, it does a really good thing with what I really liked was the mechanic of how you un- how you solve things is through photography, and you have this old obviously nineteen forties um, camera, and you get all these different types of film for it, different types of flash bulbs and everything for it, and you kind of go around the area in taking pictures of things. You take it back to the dark room. You develop these photos, and you you unsolve the mystery by doing these you know, by taking these photos and developing them. So I thought I really like that. And also if you're the kind of person who wants to just go around and take pictures of nice scenery and develop it and put it in your photo album and save mm-hmm. the, you know, to your Xbox, you can do that. It's really good. It gives you all these different options that you don't have to use, but it gives you them. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a lot of things to do. Like you can, your typical walking Sims, there's a few side quests you can do if you want to, you don't have to do. Uh, but let's talk about, the face cutting scene. Mm, I was going to ask. <laughs> so the scene that got taken out by Sony was the scene where you cut off somebody's face. And while that is quite gruesome, that isn't the worst thing in this game. <laughs> there was the, the, there was another scene that uh, Sony got cut out as well. I think it was someone being stabbed. Mm-hmm. Did it, Sony take it, the scene? Is it somebody out, being stabbed? Or did not, they oh. take the quick time events portion of it out? Yeah, in the on the Xbox version, you can do the you can do the quick time event, or you mm-hmm. can just click skip. It does give you the option to skip that. Yeah, and there is actually a bit right near the end where it's it gives you a trigger warning. It actually comes up on the screen and says this next section will include this. I'm not going to yeah. go into what. If you were if you don't want to see this, you can skip this. Um, and you know you can play the mission, but at the point where this happens, the game will skip, and it does give you that trigger warning. Mm-hmm. But there are at least three different things in this game that I found way more disturbing than that face cutting scene. That face cutting scene is tame compared to these. <laughs> so I've just uh, so I've just looked it up. Yeah, Punky writes uh, on the PlayStation. Punk's always fucking right. Scene, <laughs> the face peeling scene is no longer interactive, so mm. it's just a cutscene. You don't actually control anything in it. Uh, and then there's 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 another one that involves uh, Julia cutting something out of somebody, um, which is no longer interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the same. Then it's fuck. I I sat and watched that, and I I, I physically physically when I was I did it because you know it doesn't bother me, <laughs> but I did it and I was just like Stick, and I actually cut said off out loud, faces all the time, all the time. You can't see my row of them behind me. <laughs> yeah, it, it made me say out loud. I was like fuck. Mm. I was just like, I was like, fuck me. Like, like they've put this, they've, all that stuff about the face and people kicking off about that and talking about that. This is way worse. Do you think it's possible that the censors read what the scene entails? Because on black and white on paper, like, that does look quite choice. Oh, yeah, it's quite bad. Like, I can see why people would skip it, but I don't mm. know why, say, Sony took it out. There is an option mm. on the Xbox. It just says press Y to skip, and you do, and you just skip the uh, scene. Sony have started taking out naked kids from their games and everything. They've got very soft to live. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know their audience at all. 
the, the, the last bullet point on that list of things that Sony asked to have removed was uh, any mention of masturbation has been totally removed during the church chapter. <laughs> this includes voiceover and text. Hmm. I'm wondering what the what the byline is on this. <laughs> Candle wax everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that when she starts talking about that, it's a bit like wow. So Sony have done the game and Xbox a huge favor then because they've made all this buzz about this game and people are going to play mm. it on Xbox because they want to see what actually like how bad it is. Yeah, mm. pretty much. Um, but yeah, I think it does some things really well and some things not so well. Um, I think that I I give it a seven out of ten in the end, but mainly because of the technical problems I had with it mm. and. But in terms of story, I really like the story. I played it in Italian because obviously it's set in Italy. It's the default option is Italian. I put it to English. They started talking English. I thought, this sounds shit. They sound shit. <laughs> so I put it into Italian and played the whole thing in Italian, which I thought was better because it added to the aesthetic and the setting and everything. Yeah. It really worked for me in Italian. But yeah, I, I, if you like walking sims and a horror, it might be for you. You might enjoy it. Um, I did enjoy it, but it wasn't one of my favourites when it comes to that kind of, that genre. But mm. Worth uh, a go yeah. once it hits Game Pass? Yeah, once it's mm. on Game Pass, maybe give it a go. Um, hopefully then they might have patched some of the problems that I had with it. Uh, so, Gadget, yeah. I have left you to last because the main event, the big release this week. Let's so, hear it. Uh, co- so, a co- couple of things I'll quickly mention before um, I get on to the, bi- the big thing. <laughs> um I didn't get Halo finished, but I did make some progress in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm now three quarters of the way through it, mm-hmm. uh, enjoying it still. Yes, um, I, I, I've, I've found the best way I find to get through it um, because I hate the boss fights. I really, really fucking hate the boss fights. They're not great, are they? Is no, I'm knocking the game down to easy whenever there's a boss fight coming up. <laughs> Dealing with that, then knocking it back up to hard mode just to get past the boss fight. Fine, it's working out for us. Uh, I'm liking some of the characters less and less. Uh, Echo 216, I'm not really enjoying him that much the further I get into the game. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's still great. That grappling hook is still the only upgrade I've ever needed. Fantastic. Like, I, I've got, obviously, because I'm going through the story, I've got all the extra gadgets unlocked, mm-hmm. and I have not put a single point into them because they are useless. Um, I think the one where you can, de- the detection one, can mm. be quite handy at times. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That can, I've been that can be the shield wall and the ru- and the dash one, fucking pointless. But the one, the one oh, where yeah, you absolutely. can detect enemies. Um, I was going to say that's pretty good. Started playing through it again on legendary because you know I'm silly like that. The gadgets come yeah. into their own on those levels. You need that wall upgraded as soon as you can. You need the evade. Yeah. Right, maybe because I played just normal, get one so. shotted otherwise. Fair enough. Well, yeah. So, just that. To still, flex. still enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> flex away. I, I won't be going back through it again. Legendary. Well, oh, I, I mean, I might when the co-op comes out. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. When the co-op comes uh, out. Do it on legendary. I, I am. Yeah, I am crossing my everything. That that's it's going to be typical four-player Halo co-op because it's going to be messy chaos. Because it'd be fucking incredible. Four people <laughs> grappling hooks and four, four scorpions <laughs> or four warthogs full of bad, full of your team with rocket launchers on. Oh, it's going to be insane. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing? I, I, I tried starting um, Sand, which is uh, the, the next saga from Hugh Howie mm-hmm. after he'd finished Silo. Mm. And I couldn't get past the third chapter. It just did not grab me in the slightest. Oh, no. It's funny you should Which say that because I started listening to one of his um, 
short stories. And it, bear in mind, it's about half an hour long, and I didn't finish listening to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wonder if he, if like lightning struck with him with wool, and he and like that world was what sold it. Because sand just, eh, it just didn't grab me. Yeah, yeah I gave it three chapters. I'm, I'm at that point where I've got that many books in the house. It's just like. If it doesn't grab me when the first three or four chapters, I'm just binning it. Mm-hmm. You know, I carried I've got on, that much more. To I read. did carry on with Shift. Um, like I said in our Discord, I was having a bit of trouble with all the politics side of it and some of the characters. I just yeah. wasn't really clicking with. I'm at that point where the kind of everything comes together, yeah, up and comes together. So now it's getting a bit, mm. making a bit more sense. It's a bit pacier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, the. The big thing, the big thing, the absolute big thing, the thing I've been waiting three fucking years for. Whip your big thing out. Elden, Elden Ring arrived. Oh, yes. New game from FromSoft. And it's good. <laughs> God, it's good. It's eye-wateringly beautiful. I, I did a manly tear the first time I walked out to Limgrave. <laughs> it's just wonderful. It's, I mean, I have... Guess what? I've, I'm, I've got two versions of it running. I've got the PC version, which I'm streaming, and the PS5 version downstairs just for fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm about four hours into each of them. No, it's no, about seven hours into the one downstairs. Um, and I'm, I've barely scratched the surface of what the game can offer, but it's already my game of the year. Like, this is not even a recency <laughs> bias thing. This is just, it is the culmination of everything from software I've done with the Souls series. It's got bits and pieces of every single one of those games in it, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. Everything is so responsive. The world is beautiful and terrifying and desolate, but amazing. Um, so I'm not even going to try and talk about the story because I know fuck all of the story. Because <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm not far enough in to have had more than two cutscenes, you know. <laughs> and, but, you know, you, you, you wake up, you, as with every Souls game, you are dead. You wake up in this place. You've no idea where you are. You walk out and you get killed by a big spider thing with thousands of swords on it. I bet you like And then that. you wake up. You, uh, <laughs> Uh, you wake up further dead somewhere else with some kind of weird ghosty girl going, oh, yes, he's the perfect one. You've chosen correctly, Torrent. As talking <laughs> to a go- ghostly horse, because that's the level we're talking about here. Um, and then you wake up, you do your little tutorial dungeon, you go out into Limgrave, and you open this door into Limgrave, and you walk out, and the first thing that you see is like a 500-foot-tall golden glowing tree. That's good, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm into this. Um, unlike the previous Souls games, it's completely open world, and by not like the Dark Souls one kind of open world where kind of it's it's linear levels that concertina around each other. No huge, vast plains of land that you get to explore, brimming with enemies that are patrolling around. Um, some that absolutely want to murder you from this from the start. Like the first <laughs> enemy you will find when you walk out of that walk out into Limgrave. Why is that boss is so hot? Sentinel. Why is he so hot? <laughs> I'm level 20 and I'm still struggling with him. <laughs> he's a he's he's a big fucking guy on a horse with a halberd who hits like a hits you like a train. In fact, one of his moves is to get the horse to sidestep into you with his shield bash. Massive. <laughs> I tried to take and him on, and I was so like, I was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna go walk around him. <laughs> I I tried taking him on with two with two uh uh with two summons yesterday and we got smashed in seconds. Yep. Like, the guy is really fucking difficult. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is. It, it it's the re- pure refinement of everything that um, uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki Hidetaka Miyazaki has done. The the combat is as good as it was in Dark Souls Three. It's taken from Sekiro that you can jump and there's now verticality to levels and you can it makes exploration. You've got stealth. You can sneak up on nerds and stab them in the arse if you want to, which is great. Perfect. 
Um, the you can run away from boss fights now in the overworld. You know, if you if you try to take on the tree sentinel and he's whooping your ass, you can just if you get far enough away from him, you'll he'll de-aggro and go back to his um, patrolling pattern. You know, um, you will find the most surprise. I was walking under a bridge at one point. I was just kind of having a little bimble about and looking around. Um, and all of a sudden I hear a bit of a rumble, turn around, and this giant on fire machine god thing climbed out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so me, naturally, shit myself and then decided to try and fight him. I died. Yep. But yeah, naturally. <laughs> Was not the right level for him. Um, you don't know until you try. Well, you don't know until you try. Uh, well, that's the thing as well. Like Some of the bosses you walk into... like so. So the the world is littered with these um, caves or mines or stuff like that. Just all these kind of little individual little dungeons you can kind of wander mm-hmm. into underground. Um, some of the bosses in them are frighteningly difficult. Some of the bosses in them, I walk in there and it's done in five hits. <laughs> when I was um, when I was streaming streaming the other day, I remember because Candy was watching because she loved this boss because it was like a kind of robotic cat looking oh, thing wearing a neckerchief so no, a with shawl. a tail that was on fire. Oh, I love them. A shawl. <laughs> um, and I, I, I walloped him in about two minutes flat. The boss that I did previously to that was this kind of giant stone golem thing, which flattened me in two seconds flat. It's all about adaptation. <laughs> um, but as, as with the kind of the classic Dark Souls games, thousands of weapons, thousands of options. You can, uh, whereas Dark Souls 3 had weapon arts where certain weapons or skills, you would get special moves out of them. Mm. You can now swap them between them. Uh, so currently on on my melee build on the PlayStation, I've got um, a Blood Strike, which is one of uh, Lady Maria's attacks from Bloodborne, which it takes a little bit of health off you and it gives you a massive supercharged um, swipe with this wonderful bloody flourish. It's absolutely anime as fuck. Um, it's abs- it's gorgeous. I just I can't talk this game up enough. <laughs> I adore it. It's like I'm I'm not playing. I'm, I'm when I'm not on the PlayStation, I'm thinking about the game. It's one of those games. Awesome. Are you enjoying it, Stig? Because I know you, you want to know it. what I think. Mm. So this is my second ever Souls game slash Bloodborne. My first attempt was Bloodborne. I knew nothing about it. I'd never even heard of Dark Souls when I bought Bloodborne. I just saw a forum I was on bigging it up as being an am- amazing game. Like, get it out. You know, everyone's going to love Bloodborne, get it, blah, blah, blah. So I picked it up and I almost quit after the first corner in the game. Because <laughs> I couldn't get past the first guy. I was like, what is this game? <laughs> this game, I think, is a lot more accessible than that. I felt yeah. like that. I, I haven't, the first, even the tutorial, I got through that really easy. They were quite easy. Even the first boss, I think I did die twice, but I just, I'm not used to getting onto it but you know it only took me three goes to, to kill him so it wasn't too bad but yeah but by first but first boss which one do you mean because in the tutorial the world oh the uh soldier of god yeah the big soldier guy it just yeah. it just ran at me and like wiped me out and i was like oh so yeah but again <laughs> he's carrying a big fucking sword yeah it's all about <laughs> I've, I've defeated him and a couple of other bosses and it's mainly like just learning their patterns and learning right okay when he does that he swings four times so once he's done his fourth swing that's when you can go and attack him. It's just yeah. that kind of knowing when to do it. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And I really would have loved to have played more of it today, but I've had other things on. And again, I, I've just, yeah, I'm thinking, itching about getting back into it. I keep thinking, oh, I've got to go to that area, I'll go to that area. And the world's so big that I haven't really progressed the main story at all. I've done like the first two bits where you get Torrent and after that, I fucked off 
the other direction. Yeah, I, started, I just started following the road and started going south. <gasps> I have a question. Ended up at. Mm-hmm. So if it's now open world, I assume hopefully there's some form of a map because that's what's severely lacking in Dark Souls. It, oh yeah, <laughs> there there literally is a map, but you have to find the pieces of the map. Yeah. So if if you if you haven't found the pieces piece of the map in the location that you're in, it'll mark down where your bonfires are. So they're called sites of graceness, but it's effectively bonfires. It'll mark where your bonfire is, but you'll only know what that means in relation to everything else. Like it, you won't see the roads or anything like that or any features. Um, once you find the map, then you get like the full view of it. Um, and they're not hard to find. You've got to look for this little obelisk which has the map on, which holds the map. But yeah. It does it, it, and it actually is a really beautiful map. Like I would like a copy of that map on my wall. Yeah, it's really nice. I I, I found it really uh, helpful as well because I've gone into a few catacombs and caves and got battered and like oh, I'm not level enough. So I've put it on the map and just oh right, put my marker on there so I know that's one I can go back to when I'm a bit when I've leveled up. And yeah, um, yeah, I, I've enjoyed doing it and just like the trial and error. I haven't found too frustrating. Um, there's been some really cool moments as well. Uh, I took down a big, huge troll. That was quite oh, nice. The trolls are fun to take yeah. down, aren't they? Um, I went down to the beach, did a few things down there. It was doing all right, and then all of a sudden, I'm just I'm just wandering on the beach, like killing everything that's in my way, and then got right to the end, and I got to these like zombie-style creatures. They're quite big. They look quite tall, and they just killed me like that, like straight away. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The problem is, the you've got loads of your... Yeah, they're not called souls in this, are they? They're something else, I can't remember what they're called. Runes. Runes, yeah. But you're just like, fuck's sake, I've got like 3,000 runes down there. I'm going to have to run all the way back down there. But- yeah, that's, that's that's what I've noticed with um with this, with it being so open world. And in some places, there can be a lot of distance between sites of grace. Mm. Uh, like Eastern Limgrave, um, there is only two. There's three sites of grace there, and none towards the south end of the yeah. map. So if you die down there, it's a huge run back. You, you do get a, uh, to, a to, to statue, though, don't you? A statue of Marika. Marika, yeah. yes. So, statue of Marika, yes. That gives you a continue point, but it, it, that's only when you there is a definite combat encounter. Like I died in East Limgrave to a fucking bear, <laughs> the giant fucking bear that was just it was scratching at a tree. I rode past on my horse, and he just swiped me and one shot me. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so that was that was a long run back, and then a very dodgy because st- I had a ten thousand runes on me at that point. So it was a very uh, yeah. tense stealth torrent section to really get helps with that up. because oh, yeah, torrent's great because I died somewhere in the south trying to get torrent's a ghost horse, incidentally for people yeah. listening, <laughs> trying to get into this castle, and I died, and it reset me all the way back like in the main area. I was like, why has it done that? Like not put me to the statue, mm-hmm. but. You, you can get back there in a couple of minutes with the horse, so it wasn't too yeah. bad. But it, I just, I like the, it seems to balance the difficulty against things. Like, you will come against things that are absolutely huge, huge trolls, and uh, in front of the castle I've gone to, this is just, just, it's absolutely massive guy with this huge bow and arrow shooting like javelads at you, like massive, huge like arrows oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious as to where you are oh hang on so, so did, did you go up through um storm hill and you get like it's a twisty road yeah went and over got, a like, bridge a load of barricades went over a bridge I went, like i saw basically i went oh yes yes i, I know to the very south like of the two map. Yeah, farmers trying to give directions <laughs> <laughs> if you want to meet your death well, I, it's down that road but the, but I took him so, down so really easily. your body with the javelins. You've gone too far. You need to head back. 
the thing is, there are two there are two castles on that road which have that, and there's one at the north end of it, one at the south end of it. I'm trying to work out where yeah. he is. <laughs> but I, 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 I took that guy down, piece of piss. Mm-hmm. Went into the castle and just got killed by a zombie dog like that. Like it just it just ravaged me and like it was so fast and quick. I was like, fuck's sake. So I've taken this thing down that's about 30 foot tall, and yet I can't beat this fucking ghost like this zombie dog. Uh, I quite like that though. It just it it keeps you on your toes and you go back into the area, obviously, with these games, stuff just regenerates, doesn't it, when you die? So yeah, all your bosses well, come it's, back. It's a, 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 Every, every time you rest at a site of grace, when anything you've killed respawns, yeah. apart from bosses. But it get, it's a lot of trial and error, and you kind of go right. I could go in there now, and I'll use, I'll do an arrow, I'll arrow them, you know, rather than yeah. try and attack them. I'll take them from a distance, and yeah, I'm, I'm really, I really want to get back into it and play it. I think I'm going to really put a lot of time into this. So sorry for I'm happy that I dived in on it. A bit curious, what classes did you both go for? So I've got so on the build that I'm streaming, um, I went for the astrologer class, which mm. is kind of like a mix of swords and magic. Uh, for my the one I'm playing on the PlayStation, it's just it's just a straight melee build. I'm just literally going for a massive strength build. Mm. I just want to walk through the walk through the countryside, murdering everything. <laughs> so I went with samurai because I was trying to find something. Being that this is my only my second time into these games, I tried yeah. to find something I thought might be a bit leveled out throughout and I think astrologer um there's another one I can't remember what it's called now. Because I'd imagine with the open world elements, enemies in the distance, you you want something ranged in your back pocket. That's why I went samurai, so I could use mm. bow and arrow. And like crossbows and stuff like it's um it's like that or the astrologer obviously offers you range magic as well. Yeah. Um so yeah but I just went samurai because samurais are cool. He looks cool, and he has. He does look cool. He's got a really cool armor set. Yeah, but I've picked up weapons that I can't really use. You can equip, yeah, you, you equip do. them, but he struggles to to you know use them, and so it he's so yeah. slow no, when you roll. The... You you basically roll like a rock. Yeah, the, the, uh, there are. I'll tell you some stuff later that'll help with all that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, I I, I love it so much. It's just it's. It is going to be my it is going to be my game of the year, and to be honest, I will be hard pressed to find. Well, I'll be very impressed if someone can beat this just for overall quality. It's got some tech issues on the PC. It runs like a bag of spanners because the frame rate is a suggestion at times. Mm. <laughs> uh, on the PlayStation Five, it's pretty solid actually. There's only been a couple of times I've noticed any technical issues, and even then, it's just the odd frame stuttering. Which I mean, I played Bloodborne on a base PS4. Yeah. I mean, if I can do that, I can do this. Are they saying you're better off playing a PS4 version of on the PS5 of this? That's the only way you get 60 frames at lower resolution. Digital Foundry did yeah. quite a coverage of it. Yeah, you get 60, 60 frames at 1080p, where now I'm getting 50 to 60 frames at 4K, so I'm fine with it. And poor Stig's Very got sure. the worst of that on his Xbox. <laughs> no, 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 Xbox is fine. Xbox, nice big TV, looks great, runs fine, I have no issues. I'm just looking forward to the bit that other, breaks. Other than me just being I can't useless. wait to hear about that. <laughs> I, I, I really, you know what, the bit that, the bit that breaks mm. you. <laughs> I, I had a couple of funny deaths um, that were just my own doing. One word I posted in our Discord was, I was in a mine and I forgot to lower, I died. And I was like, right, I can't do this, it's too hard. So I turned around instantly just to go on the, the lift. 
but I hadn't called the you lift down, the so I just fell down straight away. <laughs> and the other one was I was stood on the edge of a cliff looking around. I was like, oh, this looks nice. And I just walked forward and just fell. <laughs> but I fell directly in front of a cave. I was like, oh, I'm going to explore that. So I went into the cave and like cleared it out. <laughs> so, yeah. I um, I, I had a really, really fucking annoying death today because I was... So I've, I've basically I've done one story boss, mm-hmm. which is the one that was in the network test at Stormvale Castle, Magritte or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was I was having a, a good run of trying to kill him today, and realised I was slightly under level for it. So I was summoning some help, uh, just to help with the first phase of him because he's the thing is he's got a massive health pool. It takes ages to get him down, mm-hmm. and that was with my just pure melee character. Um, and I had I had him on the ropes. I had him down to like fifty hit points. One more swipe would have done it, and he. Combos me down, knocks me over, and then hits me, and the knockback throws me off the side of the cliff. Oh, brutal. The, the controller nearly went through the fucking telly, I can tell you that much. <laughs> but I got him on the next go. I got him on the next go around. Um, but it's such an amazing game. And it's just, like, visually, like, it, it fucks with the player in some really fun ways. Uh, I d- I'm not going to give too, too many of them away, but um, th- th- there are ways you can end up zapped around the map. And uh, I, that happened to me on stream. Mm-hmm. I got zapped somewhere else in the map in a cave that I was wildly underleveled for <laughs> with no idea where I was, wh- which way was out, and with enemies I had no ability to kill. That was fun. <laughs> it took me 40 minutes and about 10 deaths to get out of there. It was literally get out of the room I'm in, kill one guy that was in front of me who was always killing me, and then it was just like, right, where's, where can I see a door out of here? I've seen two doors. I pick one, I pick the one to the left. That was wrong. That took me to the boss. So I eventually took the one at the right, sprinted, found a place of grace, and I was just like, nope, out of there. Got straight the fuck out of there. Say <laughs> <laughs> Zach. But it's on me map to go back to later. Did you get sent there? It was a trap. A teleporter trap. Yeah. That happened to um, me. They're in that. Yeah, well, yeah, because you, you got caught by the... Um, I got, the, like, Yeah, the, the person catcher uh, thing. Yeah, all of a sudden I just... Well, I was doing something, and all of a sudden I got knocked out. I woke up, woke up in a jail. I was like, this is yeah. nowhere where I, where I was. I have no idea where I am. Like, this is a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's kind of the situation that happened here. And it was, um, yeah, I got, <laughs> I got sent away. Um, also, this game does have a, a Siegmeier analogue, and he's amazing. Awesome. Everyone loved Onion Bro, and everyone's going to love Pop Bro. Oh, okay. okay. Fucking cool. I know who Onion um, Bro is, despite not playing that game. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a meme and he's incredible. And he's just, he, he, and yeah, the, the, the version in Elden Ring is just even better. He's fucking lovely. Um, but yeah, so obviously I will talk about Elden Ring more over the coming weeks, not in this much detail. And I'll do like the full review when I eventually finish it. Although by all accounts, this is like an 80 to 100 hour long game, mm. which I'm there for. Like, I'm quite happy to explore everything. I'm in no hurry to finish this game. Like, I want to look in every nook and cranny. I want to find everything that's to do in this game because it's just incredible so far. Um, so yeah, I'll be talking more about this in the future. Awesome! Right, that's us. That's what we've been up to. Um, so, Biggie, tell us what we're going to be talking about this week. Oh fuck! Um... <laughs> <laughs> Punk, I we tell us what we're going to be talking it's about this week. Considering you, it's, the guest is here to talk about what we're doing this week. What we're we doing, Punk? Yeah, punk. Well, oh, fuck off, cunt. Um, <laughs> putting me on the spot. Well, I want to peel back the years, go back to the toddlers that still remain in our hearts, 
what did we want to be when we grew up? When we got bigger, hairier, not much smarter. Sexier. Some of us. Candy's gorgeous. <laughs> oh, and hairier. <laughs> <laughs> not that much of a webcam, but yes. <laughs> Who wants to begin? Who wants to let me know what they wanted to be when they were all grown up? Well, we'll start. With, we'll, we'll go the same order. We'll start with Candy. You can you can tell us about one thing, two things, three things, whatever. If you've got a few things, that's fine. Well, you really chose the wrong person to start with because I'm that cunt that is kind of doing what I wanted to do. Like I always sort of wanted to be an artist and it kind of veered a little bit. There was one time where I wanted to be a sculptor, but I think it's because I learned what the word for, what the word was, like sculpture. Yes, I want to be a sculptor. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, just sort of general artist, really. I did go through a phase of wanting to be a pathologist, and that lasted for about three to six months, and that was because I became slightly obsessed with the oh. X-Files. So I wanted to become Dana Scully for uh, <laughs> for about six months, and then I discovered what a, what a pathologist actually is. I was like, oh, I do not want to do that. Plus, I'm <laughs> shit at maths and science as well, so that didn't really pan out for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I suppose when I was, I, I did always want to make computer games and that's something that I haven't managed to do as yet, but it's something that I'm working on. Um, but it's, it's difficult when you're an artist because you can kind of, I think most people can more or less put your hand to anything. I mean, if you've got an eye for design, you can be a graphic designer, you can be a web designer if you're a bit more technological um in my case i'm a tattooist and i don't really know how exactly that happened or at what <laughs> point in my life i decided i wanted to do that because i went to college to do video game design and at that point and it was slightly before i was probably a, maybe five years too early to really give that a good go at uni because Video game design courses were few and far between and the ones that were available weren't particularly good. Mm. So what I did was multimedia. So we, we did a little bit of everything, um, including 3D design. And the trouble with 3D design was that, and not to slug off my teachers, but two hours a week in a, in a group of 20 is not enough to learn 3D design to a point where you can actually go into a job. Whereas now I'm doing it off my own back. I'm actually like just doing it through YouTube and through various websites and this, that, and the other. And it's yeah. so accessible and so cheap. Why would anyone want to go to uni to do that kind of thing? Like, for, for example, mm. like any, any kind of artist, like you don't need any kind of qualification. I don't have any qualifications to be a tattooist. You don't need any. You do, a, you do an apprenticeship and you learn the basics of hygiene. But mm. there's not somebody that comes in and tests your capability. You know, art's subjective. So it's not like, right, tattoo a horse and we'll judge <laughs> you on how good it is because what's good for one person is not good for another. And they can test you on hygiene and stuff, and they do, although they don't as much as they should. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a bit of a tough one to say to what, what I actually wanted to do. But I still, when I, when I, when I, when I grow up, finally... I do still want to design computer games, as I was saying. Um, but I'm sort of at the point now where I'm like, by the time I'm competent enough with 3D to maybe put myself forward for some small jobs, I'm going to be at an age where they possibly don't want to employ me as a junior. Um, but at the same time, like, being an artist, you can kind of 
I would, I would find it really difficult to work at a company. So I tattoo all week. There's nothing to stop me doing some bits of 3D design here, there and everywhere for people, mm-hmm. like for jobs that I want to do, not because I'm relying on it. There's a lot of 3D design that's like, oh, I want you to design me a shed. Design <laughs> me what my shed will look like in 3D. And no, I don't want to do that. But what I, want, I do want to do is assets for games and stuff. And I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I can or I could pick and choose what kind of work I would want to do. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really lucky. You, um, um, and I don't know dreams. how. I have it. Well, do you know what? I've got it downloaded. You really and um, I've seen actually, some of the work. Mm-hmm. I've heard it. it's really, yeah. really powerful. And yeah, what I actually did find out is it's you're better you're better off downloading it on a PS4 and playing it on a PS4 rather than playing the PS4 version on a PS5 because apparently it's a bit janky. Um, but yeah, lots of people did suggest that to me. And a friend of mine and I are actually in the very, very, very early stages of potentially um, making a game or two. And we did look at the potential of dreams as a way to quickly build something and see if it's going to work before putting all of our yeah. time into doing it in Unreal or um, Unity or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't know is actually Unreal is free to use unless you make, I think it's, Something over a million, whether that's I think it's probably dollars, they don't charge you to build games on it. And when they do, they charge you 5% of your income, which to a company like Bethesda, you don't want to be giving them 5% of what Skyrim is worth. Mm-hmm. However, if you're an indie developer, absolutely perfect. Blender 3D, which is what I'm learning 3D on, it's also a 3D, uh, it's also a free um, bit of software. Um, so I'm learning on that, and it's not necessarily in the industry standard yet, but it's near as damn it. And a lot of companies are actually moving towards um, using Blender as a, as a genuine, like a industry standard program. But at the same time, it can learn, it can teach you the skills that you can then take over to uh, 3ds Max or Maya. And you know, once you've learned to make your own assets, then you can import them into Unity or to Unreal and start programming it and putting together a game. And it's it's really exciting. Like just just the amount of stuff that's available to teach you if you've got the absolute basics of equipment. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need a really really good. I mean, oh, it's nice to have a good PC because things will render quickly, but you don't need it. And there's just an absolute wealth of information out there to get started and to get learning and whatever level just don't be sort of intimidated by things like that because it's once you get the basics it's not as bad as you might think um so i've gone on a bit of a bit of a tangent i'm really sorry about that but yeah as i said i'm that's fine kind of, kind of lucky no, that's really exactly the sort of All thing links. i was hoping to hear yeah um because i always go back to eric brony the guy that made stardew valley he couldn't get yeah. a fucking job in the industry, and that ended up being a project where he practiced graphic design, soundtrack, and ended up like that's one of my favorite fucking games. And I don't think was it Hollow Knight is made by three people, I think, and Tiles Goose Game is made by four people. Two person team, and then they brought somebody in. There was a yeah. a lovely recent Kane and Rents, which I paid all my attention to. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they brought in the the guy who did the mm-hmm. music after they did the Kickstarter. Mm. So the Kickstarter raised something like fifty grand or something I like that, and they used that as salary a for him. Memory from my drive. It lets you know once you've uploaded a file from a year back. 
and the file is after I found all the grubs in Hollow Knight. I said, like, <laughs> I didn't fucking need that. No, no, that's, uh, nobody actually, did. It was fucking you, Gadget. You were the one that told bastards. me to go I back. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I, I, I had witnessed it and I needed to share oh, the pain. I was so happy. <laughs> did you, uh, did you say that guy's name was Brony? Uh, Eric Brony, yeah. I'm a Brody dad. I'm, it's not a phase. <laughs> I think it's Bironi. Brony. Brony. It's okay. Brony. No, it's Brony now. Oh, is it? No. I forgot about now. Bronies until this moment. I was just. Everyone needs to forget about Bronies. I had to edit out his name from the Harvest Moon episode where I talked to myself because I pronounced it Baron for some reason. Even though I did all my own research and made my own notes. <laughs> You are talking to yourself. Yeah, that's not the worst thing I've done. Can't even blame it on the guest. <laughs> oh, he's a cunt. <laughs> Squeaky bitch. I'm just trying to think as an aside what I would do if I didn't do something artistic. And I think it would probably be something, maybe uh, potentially journalism. Although mm. I used to be a lot better at English than I am now. To do, like These days, words just disappear from my vocabulary. Like, it'll be there and I'll start talking and it's just gone, so probably... I know, we've heard you doing the socials. Oh, I do that all the time. It's honestly... Do, do you know what? Getting older... Everyone moans how bad getting older is. It's so much worse than they moan about. Oh, God. It's horrible. <laughs> things ache and you forget things. Things that you don't know can ache. Ache. I was just going to say, going back to the dreams thing, is that there's apparently a very good tutorial um, on YouTube to show people how to get going and what's achievable. And there's loads of demos on there. And there are some, you know, okay games with people that clearly have had a tinker. And there's some incredible stuff that people have done who obviously know what they're doing and are pushing the boundaries of what, I guess, media molecules have done. It's incredible. And I think it's, mm, really, I think it's cool. a really powerful tool, actually. Yeah, for, for something that's technically like a game, it's a really powerful tool. I, I watched... Um, and I think it's probably just like, a, as, as an example, it wouldn't be for the full game, but somebody had recreated Death Stranding pretty accurately mm. from um, from what I saw. It's, you know, come, using assets that are probably pre-built, I guess, into, into Dreams. I don't mm. know exactly how it works in terms of sort of using assets and stuff. But yeah, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, Dreams in general is pretty impressive. I sh- I, my mind boggles at how someone can make something on a PlayStation Should it, with a PlayStation yeah. controller. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you aren't sat there coding anything or using a mouse to move things. You are, you're making this thing on a PlayStation with a PS controller. It's just, it's crazy. Mm, it's, yeah, really impressive. But there's just such creative people out there as well and it's just finding that niche that hasn't been already found and there's a lot of like a lot of indie games out there that just absolute hidden gems as well mm-hmm. I, I started playing um was it Ma- maquette and i think it was one of the free ones a year or so ago um and i think it's just this indie game and it's incredible it's really fun and i would have never heard of it had it not been one of the free downloads mm-hmm. and that's um i think that's probably ps5 only um but that's fun. If you get a chance to play it, play Maquette. Body the scene altogether. Did um we didn't somebody recreate the T Rex scene from Jurassic Park in Dreams? 
probably. Yep. Yeah. There's been all sorts of really and, yeah, people the, have done some wild things in dreams. And it looks really, really good. <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> how, how good it it's looks. Time. It's having that time to yeah. invest in getting used to how it works mm. and then, like you say, sticking at it. You know? mm. Great. Well, thanks for that, Candy. We'll move on to Deadbeat Punk. Tell us what you want to be when you were Let's older. See. I only really had one, two, and I kind of spoiled it. I included it with the question, but I wanted to be... It's okay, we never read it out, so... You did. <laughs> did we? You did. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody listens to the show. Uh, I wanted to be an adventurer. I can't remember what we talk about. And you implied that he doesn't want to be an adventurer. He wants to be a fucking pirate, which was lovely. <laughs> Stig. I'm sure given the opportunity to be a sky pirate, you would be. Oh, definitely would be. But I was going to make the joke about you can't spell pirate without IRA, but we'll sidestep <laughs> that one. Yeah, oh, let's sidestep that one. Yeah. Let's, yeah. People have probably forgotten anyway. Tell us, tell us why you want to be an adventurer. Yeah, well, I loved, <laughs> I loved those books growing up. I loved the idea of jumping on a ship, especially when you weren't allowed to be on one, joining the crew, working <laughs> your way away. up, Becoming trusted, pretty much, yeah. And, you know, fighting mad caves, lost treasure, bringing it back home, everybody thinking you're a great lad, pints possibly afterwards. And then I was ridiculously old when I realised that adventure wasn't an actual occupation. <laughs> so... <laughs> kinda... Did that ever make you want... Look at something like archaeolo- being an archaeologist or anything like that. Oh, where... the boring fucks did fuck all, but dig and dust and fuck. And half of them were English. That's why. Indiana <laughs> Jones wasn't. <laughs> he was barely an archaeologist, though. He went he and shot shit. stuff, actually, didn't he? That's what Punk you... wanted to do. You, see, you, could, you could have been an archaeologist. wouldn't let you have gone... a whip. <laughs> you could have gone to a, a site. You could have gone to a dig site and go, right, I'm off to go do my own thing now. Just started, like, whipping and shooting people. <laughs> <laughs> Knew he wanted to be a pirate. Um, so another option was the army, because they travel the world and go on adventures. And it's like, no, because they go around and shoot innocent Middle Eastern people. I was like, I don't want to do that. Again, half of them are fucking English. So, you see a theme, well, yeah. things weren't great <laughs> we pattern forming here so yeah I mean, left school with qualifications under my belt and it was just a big fuck what do I do now so I went to the technical college because it was like the stepping stone between school and dole and I was just what do you do <laughs> multimedia which I got kicked out of for some reason <laughs> well if anyone's reason? heard your um, episodes on shock sites that's probably why possibly <laughs> <laughs> that was the second time <laughs> uh, never give people a second chance they always fucking ruin it so yeah I went from call centres to bars to restaurants I ended up working in medicine Somehow the police background check isn't that great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, ended up actually getting quite far, uh, becoming a nurse, and then I gave that up and came home to sell chicken nuggets. So I'm living my <laughs> fucking dream. 
<laughs> I am uh, Ronald. <laughs> There'd be punks in Ichnium. Nugget. 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 Yeah, Nugget. I mean, profile. <laughs> Punky nuggets. <laughs> um, yeah, I ended up uh, coming home, a uh, comfortable job, uh, with enough free time to do the stupid shit that I enjoy video games, movies, reading far too much, recording shows where I talk to myself. So I really can't complain, but I would love for, you know, adventurers to stand up again and go, yes, we will explore the world together. I'm sure there's enough of us to build our own ship. You just want that Nathan Drake lifestyle of like sitting sitting on a beach conspiring to find some treasure somewhere. No. And then getting shot down over an island or something. Drakes are awful. They're the worst adventurers I've ever seen. And they like to, yeah, they like to shoot defenseless people too. True, yeah. Oh, we've just all very colonial. Air landed into the middle of your holy sites in your stranded village, and you know you start shouting at us, so we shoot you. I say I, I can't get on with that. <laughs> I think there's probably a lot of boring parts of adventuring that aren't really covered. In the things that you see in media, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like traveling 10, in shit vehicles. <laughs> yeah, 10, 12 hour flights in economy with all your adventuring gear, people giving you looks. Oh, why is he wearing that hat? Why has he got a whip? How did he get the plane <laughs> with a whip? Probably, it's, it's, it's looking Indiana at Indiana Jones always, looking tit. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's a lot of rose tinted glasses, I think, when it comes to adventuring. I, I think it's like an adventure every time though, I go to Asda. The, they outweigh the lows so much. Hey, sitting on economy class with little tins of uh, what Stella probably on a plane, but I've got a gold skull in my hand. Yeah, oh, but then, it, then, then you're your going to get taxed holiday? on it. Pardon? Then you're going to have to try and sneak through the nothing to declare <laughs> corridor that you have to go through. And you're sweating because you do have to Yes, the gold skull of death. <laughs> so, it's it's uh, my grandmother's urn. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's my and, grandmother's skull. And then you have to drive back from the airport to whatever university you're working at, probably. Or like, no, like, who's going to pick you up? Your adventuring subordinate? Yeah, my, my track record with universities doesn't Imagine go well. Imagine the customs, they're like, what you got in there? <laughs> it's an arc. Oh, can I have a look? Yeah, help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> on. I'm just going to look the other way. Check out his arc. Yeah, but there was, um, not to uh, spoil future Fast and Furious episodes for you guys. Oh, are they but... still happening? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You have to ask these two. Yeah. Resisting as long as I can. It will go ahead. But th- there was a point, I think, on a... I Fucking a three Elden Ring streams in one day. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they just talked about how they just the globe trot so much, mm. and yet the films never show that, that they're, they're going from... Pl- Place to place, it takes like ten to twelve hours to get there, I and yet there was, like, everything is so urgent, and it needs to happen now, now, now. And yet, here's Dom and his crew probably just sat on like, a, a BA flight like that. <laughs> <laughs> you what film you watching? Oh, I'm watching the you know the new well, the newest I can't the Marvel speak for film. What <laughs> a twelve hour flight, and with my fucking penchant for handheld consoles, delightful. So if Brilliant. Indiana Jones, I if he was named after the dog, what would your moniker be? Oh, you've put me on the spot. 
The Deadbeat Dungeon Crawler. <laughs> that sounds a bit kinky. Everything I say sounds a bit kinky. After the dog, if it's my, if I was named after the dog for my, I'd be called Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rossi, Rossi, I'll go with Rossi. I'll That's be a bit better. <laughs> oh, right, um, I'll go next. Uh, so the one of the first jobs I wanted to do, I, I don't really have any idea why I wanted to do this job. I always like to go there for some reason. I want to be a dentist. <laughs> don't, you like to go to the dentist. I liked to go to the dentist when I was younger. I don't know why. I mean, I never went there and had like my, you know, I was never <laughs> getting my mouth drilled or anything like that. I just liked to go to the dentist. It was a pleasant experience, I guess. I used to have a really good dentist. Um, I had him for years and years and years until he went private. And, uh, but yeah, he was just, he's just a really nice guy. And I always had, Good checkups, and after it, you always got a sticker, and sometimes you, know, you even get a lolly, which seems really weird for a dentist to give people. Your teeth are really good; have some sugar. You know what I mean? So they want a repeat customer. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know why. I was younger. I wanted to be a dentist, and it was kind of sound like Candy's thing, where she found a way to inflict pain on people and get paid for it, and thanked at the end of it. I didn't always yeah. get thanked. <laughs> Tattoo artist's a sadist. So fucking dentist. Yeah. yeah. I'd dentist like the de- more so, I think. At least with a, a tattoo, you get a tattoo out of it. A dentist, you just get a big old filling in a bill. <laughs> yeah, but you're helping people like with pain. Like You go to a tattoo for a tattoo. You, you go in there by choice to feel the pain. If, you, if you've got a problem with your mouth, and a dentist is helping. But yeah, I, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you why or what my reasoning was, but obviously it became apparent as the more I went through school that I was not clever enough to do that kind of work. That's um, bollocks, I don't believe that. No, you don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my later teens, I wanted to be a fireman, despite what I said on the Patreon episode this week. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll hear about punk when it this is a bit of a weird time lapse because we're recording this before the Patreon episode comes out so I haven't quite heard it yet but everyone who's listened to this will have hopefully have heard that but yeah I wanted to be a fireman I've tried a couple of times to get on the fire service and failed unfortunately afraid the first time I no it's it's afraid of that really, <laughs> really difficult to get on like because of all the yeah the initial questionnaires and everything you do. So even if you I wear did, glasses, I, you can't become a firefighter? At least that's yeah. the case over here. Yeah, there's loads of different rules and regulations for like your build and like, yeah, like you say, like your eyesight and things. Mm-hmm. I did the initial, um, when I was 19, I did the initial uh, interview, not interview, sorry, the application. Mm-hmm. And I passed the application. I got a letter saying, you've passed the application. Unfortunately, this was a year after the recession had hit, and they had 3,500 applicants for 12 oh. positions. Oh, shit. Mm. Yeah, because obviously a lot of people lost their jobs, and it was like, oh, there is a firefighter job going. So unfortunately, I didn't do that. And then the next time I applied was mid-20s or something, uh, mid to late 20s. And I did, again, pass the initial stage, but. Um, I don't know, didn't, didn't go any further than that, unfortunately. They, they, now they do different tests. They do all, all these online um, cognitive tests. 
the right word? Yeah. Yeah. And, is this a um, fire? Yeah, I did the first one, <laughs> fine. And the second one, I just... No, it's all these like really difficult... Um, you timed on it, and it's all these questions like, if this car's coming this way at this direction at this time, and this car's coming that way, but the mud road slows them down by this, at what point will they meet? And I'm like, I'm reading this going, what the fuck does this have to do with being a fireman? But... That's the questions, and unfortunately, I failed. So I've given up on that. I'm 36 this year, and I have a family and a house. And going back down to 17 to 19 thousand pounds a year isn't realistic at this point. So, unfortunately, the dream of becoming a fireman and helping people is dead. As is the main job that I wanted to do when I was a young kid. So before I started buying steel. I wanted to hit people with a steel chair (laughs) because I wanted to be a wrestler. Of course I wanted to be a wrestler because I'm a fucking cliche. (laughs) You can't be a wrestler because you're made of crisps. And that's the biggest problem. How does he always somehow crowbar wrestling into an episode? He does it every time. Because I because it you, actually Biggie. works this time because I actually wanted to be a wrestler. Me and my brother wanted you to be wrestlers. Elbow, you would have just exploded. <laughs> I had a name, I had a gimmick, I had oh, everything set out. So did my brother. So so my name. Igstig. No, it was going to be. There was a wrestler in the nineties called Psycho Sid, and he used to spell Psycho S Y C H O. It was like. You know, it, was, it wasn't spelt right, but it was because it was SS Psycho Sid made sense. Yeah, so I was going to be, so I was going to be yeah. Psycho. Yeah, it wasn't like SS like that. <laughs> Just that it was Psycho Sid, and I was going to be Psycho Stubaker. <laughs> <laughs> this little, this little psych, little psychopath brawler, and my brother was going to be Matt the Mercenary Baker. <laughs> I'm gonna bake you up some pain. Yeah, oh, yeah, and we basically we had gimmicks and everything set out, and um, we at, at one point I was about nineteen, twenty, and there used to be a wrestling gym about twenty miles away, and I looked into it and I was gonna do it, and yeah, but, but I just thought at the time I'm only a, a, a wee little guy. I'm fi- I'm only five foot eight. Most wrestlers are very tall, 5'11 plus, built like brick shit houses. And I was just kind of like, this just seems like a pointless journey. Do you know what I mean? Why? Like, I'd love to do it, but why spend my time? You know, at the time, WWF, WWE was, that's, that was the big time. You know, there wasn't all these new other promotions out there. There's obviously a few indie stuff, but if you wanted to be the big time, it was WWE. Um, there wasn't AEW or TNA or anything like that at the time. And I just thought, what's the point? It wasn't, you know, now I know, like I get injured like fuck. So it would have been a stupid career move because <laughs> bouncing around on in that ring and bouncing off tables and smashing into things. Like I can't go a rugby game without pulling a hamstring or breaking a bone. So doing a wrestling would have been stupid. But yeah, my, my, I just looked at it and thought, why? what's the point in spending all this time and money and whatnot when no one's ever going to look at someone my size and think, yeah, take a, a 
punt on him. Having said that, there are now wrestlers my age, my height, in the big time. You have Daniel Bryan slash Bryan Danielson, who headlined WrestleMania. He's one inch taller than me. Do you know what I mean? So I'd be a big believer that says the fight, not the says the man. Yeah, so uh, w- when I watched wrestling, it was all about height and build. Mm. These guys, a lot of people come through now, and it's not about the height and build. It's just, can you put on a good wrestling show? Can you be a good character? Can you entertain people? It, you know, Vince McMahon still has a hard-on for big muscular guys. He's rejigging <laughs> to WWE Literally. and his development show again. No, he does. Like the guy fucking loves a big, massive guy. He's obsessed with them. You had recently, <laughs> in the last few years, we had NXT, which was WWE's development show. And and Triple H was in charge of it and he brought in a load of great talent. But there were shorter, thinner, skinnier indie guys, but they were really good wrestlers and they're really, you know, really good characters. Vincent Man doesn't like that. So he shut all that down, and now it's a big focus on getting the ex-footballer types in, getting the big bodybuilder types in, because he thinks that's what people want to see. He wants Basically, what he wants to do is try and find the next Brock Lesnar, but he's like a one-in-a-million kind of person. No, Brock Lesnar's a freak of fucking <laughs> Exactly. Niche. That man shouldn't exist. Exactly. But that's what he wants to find. He wants to find the next Brock Lesnar, and he thinks that's what sells. And yeah, Brock Lesnar fucking sells, but you also do have people my size, my build, tearing it up and being massive worldwide names. Even going back, like Rey Mysterio Jr., he was he was kind of small. Yeah, well, he's smaller than me. He's five foot six. He was yeah, he was five foot five foot six. Yeah, yeah but he's you know the type of stuff he's doing. It, it got him noticed. I mean, Eddie Guerrero was only five foot nine, five and but you know steroids and whatever thing will make you massive and at one point he was fucking huge before he weaned himself off it a bit but yeah it was just it was a pipe dream that I think I talked myself out of it and yeah I would have loved to have done it but in the grand scheme of things what would be the point I'd probably be one of those wrestlers that you heard about that died at 32 because I just munch painkillers every night <laughs> Roy because, I'm, because I'm always hurt Mr. Glass. And I, yeah exactly I can't play a game of football or rugby without hurting myself so doing wrestling shows imagine me getting to the WWE and performing 300 nights a fucking year I'd have been dead not a chance so here yeah, he comes my- sternum stig <laughs> <laughs> I'd have had a fucking wheelchair gimmick just rolling down and just like every other week I'd be injured That'd be, my gimmick would be what injury has he got In this week full body cast over people's heads <laughs> yeah being, being getting battered by stone cold in the hospital bed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be happy with that <laughs> yeah unfortunately that was a a dream that I never never would have would have been able to pursue or ever did. No. All sad. Cry everyone. <laughs> no <laughs> cheered me up no end. <laughs> what about you, Biggie? Oh boy, you're ready for this. Um Porn Star. So yeah, no. <laughs> I was just about to say porn star. <laughs> so um yeah, I was born, uh, unfortunately, half blind, half deaf. So that reduced a lot of things I wanted to do. I wanted to be good at football. 
was with football, or like a lot of kids did if you're into that. Um, but unfortunately, nature rolled that dice and gave me one final cruel trick. And I don't, I don't have football skills. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite shit. But no, I was quite good in the midfield and goal. I was okay. But I mean, there's a million people that are far more talented than me. Um, so yeah, it was never going to happen. Um, and then when I went to school, I ended up finding um, art. I got into art and a very, very similar kind of trajectory that Candy went on, um, I guess in a way. I went to art college. I studied art and design. Um, but the course that I did, um, which was in a place called Barnet College in North London, was quite a new course, I think, at the time. And in the first year, you dabbled in everything. So it was all kinds of things to do with art, graphic design. It was still life. It was uh, textiles. It was basically everything. And then in the second year, you would um, choose uh, a particular subject that you, you know, like if you wanted to do complete graphic design that second year, you would just do that. So a few of us weren't sure what we wanted to do, so we were allowed to chew. So I chose still life and graphic design because I was interested in both. And then about halfway through the course, for budgetary reasons, they decided that they weren't going to pursue the um, option of doing two choices. You had to pick one. So then I ended up thinking, well, I better go and do graphic design. So I was kind of enjoying that more than still life. But I was behind what everybody else was doing in graphic design because they were a separate course and they were like six months in advance of what we were doing. So I barely made it out of graphic design. But one thing I discovered that I was good at was caricatures, bizarrely. And um, the person at the college happened to know a caricaturist and got me in touch with them and said, have a chat with this guy, you might be able to get set up with uh, being a caricaturist. I started doing lots of caricatures for people that I knew. I started getting paid for it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I just had a passion for artwork. And then I started seeing um, more caricatures. I started getting into that sort of community. That Everything has a community. So there are communities of caricaturists. So you end up meeting them and really cool blokes, all different ages, all different styles. And then I suddenly realized that I was just your average caricaturist. And there were some people that were just so good. I mean, unbelievably good that I met. And I suddenly realized I wasn't going to make it at that either. I just wasn't, I was good, but not great. And I knew that I, it suddenly dawned on me that I wouldn't have a career as a caricaturist. So then I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but my brother um, ended up working on cruise ships. So then I ended up going on a cruise ship doing the same kind of life that he did. And I did it for 13 years. and got my wife out of it as well. It was, uh, <laughs> I traveled the world, never thought I would do that. So a standard thing when you've been working on a cruise ship for a while, to just marry you <laughs> off to someone. Um, <laughs> Bonus of the yeah, job. Yeah, you know, me and my wife and I, we, we worked together on a cruise ship and a, a lot of romances, particularly on cruise ships, either crew and crew, crew and passengers. And, you know, I ended up meeting my wife, working with her and uh, we ended up, um, Working together first. Crew and passengers, surely that's frowned Which upon. Which one? Crew yes. and passengers. But it, it does go on, believe me. Um, of course it does. If, you, if you're traveling me. on board, yeah. me. If you're on a cruise ship and there's a bunch of single people on there, and you, like, you have a night off, it's like, yeah, of course you're going to try and crack onto it. Oh, I forgot to mention, I was a bartender on the cruise ship as well. So it was, 
you know, my parents were publicans. Giving the free drinks out to people. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a pub, so then I just ended up somehow still being in that trade. Um, yeah, being a bartender on a cruise ship. And Fate. It was it was great. I only meant to do it for a couple of years and ended up doing it for 13. But, yeah, very humbled to travel around the world and see what I did. It, it was never a career choice. It's not what I wanted. Um, Fuck's sake. Sounds like I should have went for that. <laughs> You're more of an adventurer getting, getting than I am. pissed around the world. Yeah. Yeah, you basically. Um, it does sound pretty good, actually, when you talk about like going on the boats and ships. And, and the cruise ships. Like, yeah, just sorry. You can get a boat on a ship. Yeah, you can't get term- a ship on a boat. You see. Yeah, you know what I meant. <laughs> ship <hell>. prick. <laughs> <laughs> going on the cruise ships sounds like really good fun. Just being able to, you are yeah, you working, but you are traveling to places, yeah. and I presume. You do get time off and things, so you can go and visit these yes, places. Yes, I mean, dock and stuff. when I joined, which was in 95, um, you still had a really good mixture of um, what we called, or we were called Europeans. So there was a good mixture of English, Irish, um, Scottish. Then you started looking at um, Eastern Europeans, but there weren't that many when I first started. So the majority of crew either all Europeans, and then you'd have a little pockets of Filipinos, Indians, Goans, Pakistanis. Um, and as the years went on and the Europeans just slowly, we then, then became the minority and he ended up having a lot more people were becoming uh, were Filipinos, Indians were taking up the higher jobs. So it became very sort of, um, there was a lot of politics involved. There was a lot of, um, favors going on and things like that. And it was just the way the systems have changed. And nowadays, I think if you wanted to go and do it now, I don't know how many cruise companies, depending on what job you want to do. Um, would you better find a role on a ship to do? Because they're, they're very strict these days. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was incredible. You had to work hard, but party hard. And you'd be away for six to ten months, and you would pretty much be drunk most nights. <laughs> um, some nights more than yeah. others. Fucking jealous. Shagging your way through the guests. And then you just have to make sure. <laughs> yeah. You have to make sure, <laughs> sure that you just literally can get to work the next day. It was it was like that. Um, and as you know, some people, a lot of people um, went to work with hangovers. Some people were obviously clearly still drunk when they went to work. Um, if you could hide <laughs> it, you'd get away with it. And some of the passengers absolutely adored it because they thought it was hysterical. And the old wobbly floor. Yeah, and as you say, when you go to ports, you go off um, for the afternoon or the day. You always have to go back to work in our department. Obviously, the bars are open in the evening as well as the day. So you'd have a skeleton staff on the on the ship, um, always in port. And then a lot of crew would go ashore, depending on where you were. Um, but you always had to go back to work in the evening. So, um, yeah, you could go and see some of the places. I was fortunate because of 13 years, I went to see a lot of places. Some were repetitive cruises, but I managed to travel around the world. I've seen most of it. Um, the the most amazing thing that came out of it, apart from my wife, because I would have to say that, um, is that I saw <laughs> disclaimer. I yeah. saw a lot of countries and really humbled uh, me about where I live and how grateful I am. You know, the sort of comforts that I have. It's really eye-opening going to see how countries operate and what happens there and things like that. And it's some are obviously more richer than others and stuff. But yeah, it was great. You know, I loved it. It was, it was a great way to travel. Like you say, get paid to do it. Um, but it was party, party, party. It was a lot of fun. Um, but then it, it just does get a bit boring. You live two separate lives. You have a life at home with your friends, family, etc. 
And then you have a different life on the cruise ship where you kind of have these really bonded, very close relationships with people because you're in and out of each other's lives day in, day out for six to 10 months at a time. And then you don't see them for a couple of months. So you kind of miss them when you go home on leave, sit with your family. But then you'll go to a party or a night out or something like that. And people will be talking about events that you weren't at because you were away. So it can be kind of um, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, FOMO. FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah, there's there's a bit of FOMO. There's a bit of sort of um, disconnect because you you weren't there. So you've got these two separate lives, which is very weird. Um, and then you kind of get tired of it in the end. And people came in when um, there's a lot of um, affairs that went on cruise ships. That was really funny. A lot of people that have lives at home, <laughs> separate lives on cruise ships, and have a kind of like a, a husband and wife relationship with a ship, and then they separate and go home to their families and then go back again. It's all mm. all very odd. Um, but yeah, it, I just never thought I'd be doing it for as long as I did. And then when I came shoreside, I ended up going into pub management, which is exactly what my parents did. <laughs> so this <laughs> cyclical loop of kind of not ever doing what I ever achieved and then ended up doing what my parents did. So it was all very odd. Um, and now I work for the uh, healthcare NHS. So, yeah, who would have thought? It's just definitely you, not the um, career I ever thought I'd be doing. <laughs> no. Do you, do you still do your art? You know what? Oh, I miss it. I I used to have a real passion for it, and um, it was one of the reasons that I was um, when I saw some of the stuff that Candy was doing and her her own um, artwork and stuff. And I was just thinking I should maybe really try and get back into that. So at some point, when I do upgrade my laptop, I want to get some sort of software on there and start tinkering to see if I can get back into art. But when you've got the passion for it, it's and it's there. It's amazing. I used to love taking my time and seeing the, the reaction from people when you give them the artwork. I was very proud of my work, but I don't have the passion for it at the time. I don't have time. I don't have time to play games. I want to play games and I don't have time to draw. Mm. And I need to have that passion inside me to get drawing again. But yeah, I, I, I guess yeah. in a nutshell, I just always wanted to be an artist but, and a graphic caricaturist, but never happened. And it's hard, you know, when you see those people um, at seaside towns or abroad, and you see those caricaturists in the street, that skill of having someone sit in front of you for a period of time when they obviously mm. want to go and do things as well. It's not like they're going to sit there for five hours. You literally half an hour or whatever it is to draw that and get them up and happy. It's a real skill to that. And I wasn't like that. I just want to take three or four hours really get into the, the artwork that I'm doing. And I would never have made mm. a street artist because <laughs> they'd be like, uh, can I go now? I've got my parking, you know. <laughs> It's really difficult when somebody's in front of you as well. Like rather than using a photograph mm. or, or a picture for reference, like when somebody's actually sat there in front of you. Like I always really struggle with uh, life drawing and stuff, just because it's really hard to get um, like the sizes and everything yeah. right when it's it, when it's there in front of you. You have to end up like sort of squinting with one eye open, kind of. Yeah, thing. No, I, I agree. <laughs> That's I, I would never be. I able work to with photographs. Do sort of caricatures. On yeah, when I used to do my car, yeah. I work with photographs and. Um, I even did it on the cruise ships for a while. I did it for a passenger once when they heard that I did it. And they said, oh, would you do one of my family? It was like mum and dad, two kids. I was like, yeah, no worries. Just give me a, not a decent photograph of you all or more if you've got it and I'll do it for you. And they gave it to me two Wait, days. Did you actually before- have the Titanic experience? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave it to me two days before the end of the cruise. And they're like, can you, oh, forgot about this. Do you want to still do it? And I'm like, yeah, thanks for that. Do you know what I mean? 
You've had 12 <laughs> days to do it, and you give it to me on two days before the end of the port, and I gave it to him. I thought, you know what? I don't need to be doing that. Stressing myself out, doing like a eight, ten-hour day, and then suddenly having to draw people's faces before. Yeah, so it didn't happen. I lost my passion, unfortunately. That's Maybe one day. Yes. Yeah, everybody's looking for a new avatar now. <laughs> yeah, you, you can draw us all. Yeah, I'll do it if I get the time. I'd love to do it. I always thought about doing it actually when we Tip. first started. And then uh, again, it's just getting that passion to do it. Nah, it's fine. We drafted Candy in now. And she's very good. <laughs> it's funny that if you've ever had a caricature drawn of you, it's like, hmm, is that how other people. Because obviously you have to over exaggerate people's yeah. features or like pick out certain expressions that they use. It's like, oh, that's that. So how people see me, <laughs> you know, or it's eye-opening to see how you look to some, like what features are picked out by that mm. caricaturist. Mm, I've done myself as well, and and that was quite hard to draw yourself. But uh, yeah, and some of the there's an amazing German artist. Stop I must it, find punk. his name, <laughs> but he's fantastic. You just drew yourself with a massive, dark, massive dick, didn't you? <laughs> That's what I was picturing. Yeah. <laughs> There's an amazing um, artist, German caricaturist, and his work is just insanely good. And you probably would have seen it um, back in the day. And Spit and Image, of course, were excellent. I used to love mm-hmm. Spit and Image. That was one of my favourite mm-hmm. shows. It was incredible to see their stuff. Great. Well, thanks for that, Biggie. Uh, Gadget, bring us on home. Um, so, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, it was all the standard things. I wanted to be a fireman, wanted to be an astronaut, all that kind of thing. You know, stuff you, you watch something on the telly and you think, I want to do that. Um, wrestling, <laughs> wrestling, yeah. Uh, obviously, things that, things that I generally couldn't do one because I have compromised eyesight. Two because I was a fat little cunt and I just couldn't run for shit. So <laughs> oh, we said the c word a lot today. I've said punk it once. Is. It's been punk. Blame punk. Oh, Candy said it as well. Fucking oh, blame me, you prick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, blame you. Are a bad influence on the when it comes to the swearing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was never very fit, so I could never do that kind of thing. Can't. Um, I remember when. Um, <laughs> When I was uh, sort of kind of heading towards kind of like a tween age, I got a real thing for writing. I kind of wanted to be a journalist. I'm not sure why, where that came mm. from. Because as I think about it today, the idea of being a journalist seems like a hellish prospect. I mean, imagine writing for the internet today. Mm. Um, but yeah, that one kind of stuck with me for a little bit, but I never kind of pro- progressed anywhere with it. And then when I was kind of 14, I picked up the guitar and I started learning that. And it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm totally going to be a rock star. Um, oh but, yeah, yeah. No, that didn't happen. But <laughs> it also kind of pushed me into an avenue because so when I was going through um, my GCSEs, I did want to. Well, uh, I done my GCSEs and then I was trying to pick my A levels. I wanted to do something musical because I'd gotten into guitar over the previous two years. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I, I was, I'm self-taught, so I knew fuck all of music theory or anything like that. Like, yeah. Uh, so I couldn't go straight in and do like uh, an A level of music because. I'd have no clue what they were fucking saying any any point of it. So I did a music tech uh, A-level, which was more about recording music and producing music. And I found a real passion for that. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and that's what kind of pushed me into my degree, which is music production and live sound. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. That was like, you know, I love being in studios. I love playing with microphones. I love huge mixing desks. I love the just the chaos of trying to get a drummer to stay in time. I love, um, I love the impact you can have when you mic something up. So, like, if you take like a, a set of drums, and you know, you you know the image where you've got kind of overhead mics over the top, and you've got the, a microphone clipped onto each drum. 
uh, and then you hear them play it. And then what I, the thing I love about that is if you just then pull those overheads back a little bit or you move the placement of the microphones on the toms, it changes the whole sound of the kit and you can spend hours just tinkering with ever so slight movements to mm. get that sound that you're looking for. Um, and I really, really loved it. And so kind of what that, it was relatively late for, for as most people think, to find their like thing that they dream about doing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've kind of wanted to go down the kind of, you know, Rick Rubin, Andy Sneap kind of thing, produce metal bands, um, make like own a massive studio and do all that kind of thing. As you can see, I haven't done any of that. <laughs> um, because it turns out opening a recording studio is incredibly expensive <laughs> and there isn't funding for it. So unless you've got, unless you've got a rich dad, which I don't have, um, that's not going to happen for you at uh, 20, 22 years old. So yeah, that was a kind of a non-starter. I did do some stuff producing some bands. I've, I've produced some EPs for people, but it's just like on my home setup and stuff. And mm. yeah, it was all right. But I was working with kind of like amateur musicians and kind of, I fell out, I fell out of favor with it for the amount of work it was versus the results I could get with the setup that I had because I couldn't afford to buy the shit that I wanted. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it's obviously now paid off in, in, um, in spades because I can edit this podcast and make it sound good, you know? Um, the thing that I keep coming back to, though, is the writing stuff. Um, because, uh, I mean, I've, I've talked about it before. Like, I've, uh, after my divorce, I wrote a novel and I published it, self-published it. And I really enjoyed that process. It was very therapeutic at the time, but mm-hmm. I keep thinking, like, I should write another novel. And, I, like, I read some of this, like, I read a lot of science fiction stuff. And I think, I could fucking write better than that. Or I like that concept. I want to run with that. So there is a part of me that kind of wants to push back into writing and maybe try some more books and try and do it properly this time, like find an agent and a publisher and, you know, write something weird and original because I've always got weird and original ideas in my head. I just never fucking write them down. <laughs> I really enjoyed your book. And, I, and that, that's Thank not you. just me saying because, you know, we're friends, um, everything. Likewise, but, and I'd love yeah. to rip the piss out of you for it. I, I, <laughs> shanks, I would yeah, be doing but, cartwheels mocking you. but Yeah. It's a really good story, really good characters. I've really invested in the story and everything. Like, I, generally, I don't read a lot of sci-fi. I watch a lot of sci-fi, yeah. But a lot of, my, lot of the stuff I read tends to be fantasy, well, like you know, set in ye olde time kind of things. Yeah. But I just, you know, because it was you, and I wanted to read your book. But yeah, I, I just, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I, I would be, I'd love to get more stories from you. And, and you can see that when we do Scott Sheep, how your brain works and putting mm. together these stories and. And, and scenarios and things that well you see, you see that's the other thing like and, and this is the point like i'm 30 36 years old in two weeks time sorry just checking the date uh <laughs> two weeks time i'm 36 years old and i finally found what i want to be when i grew up and, oh, um, i was just gonna say do, about your book and I, I, don't get the audible version because i have no idea what he's saying well there isn't an audible <laughs> version you tool <laughs> because do you know how much it costs to make an audio book no I have no idea fuck you baby. we could do it I've, we I could modern that. escapes and how record the you? audio version of your book <laughs> I'd love to fucking see that uh, <laughs> I'm not editing that mine that's 70 something chapters I'm not editing imagine that imagine the voices oodles had come out with <laughs> we'll be Welsh <laughs> why is this person Welsh oodles just oodles <laughs> Uh, no, kind of what I, what I, what I want to do with my life is I want to be a professional dungeon master for D anD D, and I'm making efforts to do it. I got sent an application form the other day to as a prospective DM for D anD D in a castle. 
<laughs> I don't know if they'll ever select me for it, but I'm going to put myself in there. I'm right. terrified to write it out because I don't want to fuck it up. How does that work? I can select you. <laughs> you go and play D and D in the castle. Wow, awesome! Literally, <laughs> just what it says on the tin. It's like it's like a so yeah, like room to room, like stuff. experience weekends. Yeah, it's, it's 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 like experience weekends. So like you, you and like four or five other people will kind of pay into it. Uh, you'll get like a suite in a um, in a castle somewhere. You'll have a, a dungeon master that leads you through a campaign that lasts like all the way through the weekend. Then you get like little one shot sessions on the side, or little you know, like some of them do archery courses and stuff like that, or you know cosplaying stuff. And yeah, you literally play D anD D in a castle. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to stop you kind of doing your own thing with that anyway. Because if you if you find a good like Airbnb, and there's all sorts of weird and wonderful Airbnbs, aren't there? You know, you could just hire for a weekend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that was weird and wonderful. Yes. Um, God, it was so weird. You could put on your own experience weekend as well. Like, oh, yeah. I have this, like, lovely idea of you doing that and then Pip kind of uh, doing the drinks and everything. Completely in costume, both of you. <laughs> Naturally. It, it being incredible. And, she, you know, she could do the, uh, the extra characters or the NPCs and whatnot. That'd be so much fun. Oh, yeah, it would be. And, yeah, it's just... It, it's something that I find fun. It is hard work. It's ridiculously hard work, but it's mm. I like letting the imagination. Like even like doing the, like I'm starting a campaign. Well, by the time this is out, the first session will have happened. I'm starting a campaign with a um, with just one of the D and D source books, and I'm still beyond excited for it. Like I haven't written anything for it, but I get to play these characters. I get to <laughs> I get to create this world for these people. You know. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that just through the random happenstance of forcing you idiots into playing it, <laughs> um, I've actually found something I'm incredibly passionate about, um, awesome. and I just want to keep doing it. And it's it's the, I think it's the storytelling bit. I like like you know, I I don't know if I can make a living as a dungeon master, but I'd like to like you know be able to write books. I like basically I don't want to be in the fucking shitty IT career that I'm in. <laughs> I want to be creative with 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 what I do for a living. I want to write books. I want to make videos or do streams or whatever. I want to play D and D. I want to be creative. I want people to pay me for that creativity. Just mm-hmm. fucking give me money, everybody. <laughs> you, I'll make. You things. can do that if you uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism. <laughs> That's the first step. Did you check out that link I sent <laughs> first you? First step is admit you have a problem. Did you see that? Did you see that link <laughs> I sent you to that Twitter post? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, that, it was it was uh, really useful. It was read quite that. an interesting read mm-hmm. about how a guy started skilled off. back on the jargon there, Biggie. I, I couldn't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, big big sent me a list of uh, a, a thread. Someone talking about like what it takes to be like make Dungeons and Dragons work for you, like financially, mm-hmm. and how to be like a pro at that kind of stuff. And it was really fascinating to read. And there are some things like you know. I, I, I'd I'd love to like expand things like I'd love to have like a weekly Twitch campaign, yeah. you know, in the vein of uh, Critical Role or Dimension Twenty or something like that. Mm. I'd love to have it in person. I'd love to have a, like a set and a big like table set up and like, cameras everywhere. Mm. That would be candles. fucking cool. Candles everywhere. <laughs> so many candles. <laughs> so many candles and alcohol in re- in real time. Um, you know, I, I'd love to be able to do stuff like that. Like, I just want to be able to take this as far as I can take it. You know, because mm. it's it's one of those things that like. You know what you you know that horrible cliche where it says if you do something that you love you'll never work a day in your life. That's what I want. Yeah, I'm sick of working in IT. I'm sick of working on databases and <laughs> doing software development. It's just like, yeah, I'm good at it and it pays well, but it's dull as fuck. And I don't get to talk about <laughs> wizards and dragons all day. 
that's what I want to talk about. Well, I, I certainly or spaceships. Think the uh, you've turned what four of us into. I think Candy, you played it before, hadn't you? D and D, but mm. the rest of us, yeah, but not much, not that not much. Doing it before and having turned us all into D and D players now, and just enjoying it, and just either going along the ride of your storytelling or just trying to wind you up as much as possible about how we can totally fuck up <laughs> the plan that you've got for us. Mm. It's just what, like, by managing to fall off a flying ship because you <laughs> thought you'd get a better rule the second time round. <laughs> oh. Even Tarzan didn't get it right every time. <laughs> that, that yes, but Tarzan knew not went not to swing again. That was the fun of it. it was just... I love that episode. It's like, fucks. Oh, it was so funny. Listen, yeah, back even to it that as well. passion has somebody like me that had no interest in D and D listening to it. It's I just never thought does you all the credit. I know playing games is nerdy, and I am a nerd, but I just never thought I'd be as nerdy as that playing D and D. And here I am, nearly forty-eight playing that. Yeah, just. But you know what it, I love about it, though? It's, it kind of um, taps back into the kind of the games you'd play in the playground. Yeah. You know, just, and, and sort just of organised make-believe. Organised make-believe and kind of getting back into that part of your brain using, like, creating things on the fly and not thinking too much about it and just doing it. And, yeah, there are some rules and some roles and everything, but that just keeps you having to, like, keep adapting and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's just a really sort of innocent fun, isn't it? Is this what Joy used to feel like? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Do you know what? I think that as adults as well is that we're better at self-containing what we want to do with that because I've played um, that adventure book with my kids and they just come out and it's they're inventive and I I encourage it and everything. We did a big, we did a little mini campaign. It took about an hour and a half between us, but they just, they do just throw out shit and you've got to be like, Maybe we don't do that and we go like this way because what they're saying just doesn't work. And, and they I, I, change their idea of what they want to be halfway you through. Imagination Nazi. It's not it's not that. That's horrible. It's just it poor. They've picked girls. a character. They've talked about what they want to do, and then halfway through I'm not putting Nazi on podcast at any point. It's just halfway through, they'll be going, Oh, actually, what if we didn't do everything we've just spent an hour doing and they were and they actually did this? And it's like like I, I love the the enthusiasm and, and the imagination, but it's like we've already kind of set off on this path. Oh, that Stigfeld comes in and kills it. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you lot of guilty for that. I remember in the most recent episode of Score Cheap that was out, there is a point where Oodles wants to do something and I have to say to him twice, are you sure you want to do right, that? Yeah. <laughs> knowing, knowing that I would let him do it if he was absolutely sure, but it would get him killed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, But yeah, it's just, it's so much fun and it's such a, it's so, it, it feels like work, but in the best possible way because, mm-hmm. you know, I, even if even if it's a session where I haven't done like a massive amount of planning, I get to do the hard bit, which is like making it up on the fly. Or like with the the episode where Biggie nearly killed his character. Um <laughs> We the, 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 there is a distinct point where you can hear my brain break slightly as I have to then move away from the carefully put together script I've got for the dramatic scene you're supposed to be playing out to then have to work out on the fly what the fuck I'm doing. And it's I so was much fun. Actually peeling vegetables. While that was going on, I had the wireless earbuds in, and I had to stop because I thought it was going to take a finger off. <laughs> I'll come back to it. Uh, do you know what? I listened yeah. to the episode again during the week, and uh, 
I was cracking up with uh, Candy's character just being completely twatted and running over to the cannon facing the wrong way of the battle. It's just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Tickle me. Yeah, but it's it, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And like I say, it's something I know I can. If I put the effort in, I know I can make it. In the next maybe year or two, I can hopefully quit my job and actually do it as a job. Mm. That's the dream. Did, did you? That'd be a fun one would, to throw in your boss's face. And uh, what have you got planned for the future? D and D, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that will literally be my resignation letter. <laughs> I've got this recording of an roll. Irishman. Uh, play that wherever you will. <laughs> so, I, ro- I, I, roll I, a D20 I announce, announce my resignation as of this date uh, for D&D. Yeah. <laughs> Send it to him on an owl or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, a, like a scroll with a wax seal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ro- roll a dice to open it. <laughs> Well, I, honestly, I do wish you all the best in, in chasing that in gadget because, um, you know, I'd love you to do that. It's something you're clearly, obviously, passionate that you want to do. And from what you've done with us, like, you you are brilliant at it. So, hey, uh, hey I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm tempted to write b- backstory novels for all your characters. That'll be fun. <laughs> this podcast that a couple of hundred people a month listen to <laughs> put extended universe novels out. <laughs> do it. But uh, moving on from us, let's hear what the listeners have to say. And you get out your sack and spill it all over us. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? Fucking hell. Anyway. No, that was blunt. Gonna... <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, I hate you lot so much. Uh, Tig says, uh, I wanted to be a teacher. I actually did an English literature degree at uni and did a bunch of youth work when I left prior to doing a PGCE, which I never did. A mixture of being in a relationship and having responsibilities and deciding being a teacher is probably hell on earth meant I was rudderless for years. I mean, I, I respect the fuck out of teachers. I would not want to do that job. Mm. I've looked at it the angriest fucking geography teacher on the planet. You would be. No, Tig. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he would be. He'd destroy teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the things he said about Dan and he loves him. <laughs> Sticking their fingers in the globe and just spitting it. There's the fucking island, you prick. I, I, I have, I have ge- genuinely looked at um, doing teacher stuff. Um, I don't know what level it would be at. I don't know how, but I just at one point there was one point where I thought like, I really need a career move. And I looked into it and thought, I would like do it to do that, but it was again like Tig. It was just a lot of other responsibilities and stuff. It was like, nah, it's not. I think I passed that, unfortunately. So it was something I had thought about, but don't think it was ever going to materialise. I think it's a different Mr. job, now, isn't it? Teachers like this, <laughs> you know, you obviously see adverts and stuff, and they're promoting how great it is to be a teacher and all this kind of thing, but. Realistically, it's quite an underpaid job, thankless in the sense of how you're treated, mm. um, lots of work to do when you're not working, you know, all that kind of thing. It's Yeah, it's a tough job, from my understanding of it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all those holiday days, though. Oh, yeah, that makes up for it. <laughs> uh, Super Natty Cat looks like she sent in a coherent email for once. It's a twit. Uh, a twit? It's a twit. <laughs> 
It was a tweet that was (laughs) (laughs) certainly a tweet. She does this on purpose. She could email us. She could use the website form, but she goes. She does it across Twitter. She does it on purpose to wind us up. Fair enough. She knows she does. Where she says, "Hey guys, I wanted to be an optician." Everyone when I was a kid thought that that was weird, as most people want to be footballers, teachers, astronauts, or actors. I had really bad eyesight, and growing up with thick as hell specs made me a target for bullies. Alongside being smart and having braces, it was the full package. I'm starting to see the beginning of a John Hughes <laughs> film here. Um, <laughs> I saw one optician when I was like 12 who thinned my specs down and convinced my mum to get me contact lenses, and I fell in love. He was so cool, and he was the first optician who treated me with respect, even though I was only a kid. He took me on for work experience, and his enthusiasm and passion for the job made me think, you are so cool, I want to be like you when I grow up. Yeah, opticians are not cool, but fuck, I work so hard for it, and as ultra com- and as it's ultra-competitive to get into uni to study it. After four grueling years, I qualified. I don't have a lot to be proud of in life, but my job is one thing I know I'm good at, and I've saved a few lives too, which is pretty neat. But yes, opticians are nerdy and boring, but we're damn proud of it. Nice. Awesome. Did read she that lo- she absolutely loves her job as well. Like mm. I know this firsthand from her speaking about it. She loves an eyeball. She really does. Because <laughs> she's no one's fucking more weird. passionate than that over eyeballs. Mm. Loves it. I was going to say earlier when I'd seen it on Twitter over several posts, I say that is the greatest fuck you to bullies. <laughs> growing up and being happy in everything you do. It's, oh, yeah. I just beat mine up. It wasn't half as satisfying. <laughs> if you, oh yeah, she she played the long game on it. Yeah, superb. Wish I became an optician. But if um you're an optician, you know you, I assume any of you have had your eyes tested. Would you pretend behind the machine when they're checking your eye and go, now the machine's just going to go and blow in your eye? Would you go just for a joke? <laughs> of course. Yes, that is exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I spent four years at uni for this moment, moment to blow in someone's eye. <laughs> I would. And you, you have quit. to know how Worth to it. count, though, don't you? At least up to two, because better or worse? One, two. One, two. Better, <laughs> one, or worse? Go back two. to two. So you have to be able to count. It's mathematical job. Actually. <laughs> anyone, anyone get weirdly anxious during that test that you, if you can't tell the difference between the two and you're like, Shit, should I be, yeah. should I be able to tell the difference here? <laughs> this is the four well, hour test. You. <laughs> PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. They're basically exactly the same. <laughs> it was such a disappointment when I was younger not getting glasses. I really, really wanted them. But my, my eyesight's fine, and it's still fine now, and I still really want glasses. It's annoying. You buy little glasses without corrective you lenses. Buy, like, yeah, you could be like a little hipster and put some hipster glasses on. Well, I've got these ones, and these are like the blue light filter. Yeah, yeah. There you are, they're perfect. <laughs> I can wear them and pretend they're actually doing something, but now you all just look yellow. Quick stick, get a pair of something on. Um. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Actual glasses. Listeners, he's got two. He's got two pint glasses up to his eyes. <laughs> One's uh, a whiskey glass that nearly went in Oh, one's a whiskey glass. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fireball, was it? <laughs> no, no, no. Just honey. Honey whiskey, that one. Uh, Rob Shack has come in saying, uh, I wanted to be a fighter pilot like on Top Gun. That lad had aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> I got nowhere near it and didn't even try. I'm colorblind. There'd be too many bleep bloop green, light, green and red lights. 
be friendly fire all over the damn place. Rap, rap, rap. <laughs> you know what? That is a really good shout as well because that just reminded me. I also wanted to be in the UK version of the Goonies if it ever happened when I was a kid. That's a very good call. <laughs> the joke's too easy. Yes, it's going to be Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking Chunk. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that uh, that fucking show guy uh, is a oh, pro like wrestler. Be- yeah, he's he's a pro wrestler because I like play fighting in pants. And yes, I did that. Also, artist because I was a comics nerd for the longest time in school. I'd always be doodling stuff. And yep, I did that as well. Even sold a comedy comedy cock at an actual gallery show once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't end it there. <laughs> I need some fucking context on that. Oh. That fucking guy. <laughs> cock crescendo. I think yeah, it works quite well. He's a good artist. It's all very dirty. All very dirty. Smutty. You sound happy. Affects your sensibilities, doesn't it, Stig? Yeah. Uh, Last up, uh, Angry Kurt said, uh, as a young kid, uh, when the world was my oyster... He is a fucking young kid. I know, right? He's a baby. Uh, I would probably say I wanted to be an actor. I joined a drama class, and and the person who ran it had connections with TV companies and got me work as an extra. That's as far as I ever got. I gave up on the dream when I saw how difficult it would be to get a job as, as a professional actor, and I wasn't particularly interested in doing minor roles and stuff. So when I was in school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do until GCSE level when I decided to study economics and I found a new love. I used to love those lessons. Then I read a life-changing book in Freakonomics, which made me see how economics could be applied to pretty much any subject, not just finances, and politics, which didn't interest me. This also coincided with me getting into games in a major way, so from there I wanted to work in the games industry, with some capacity outside of development. I looked at job specs for analysts, I saw the all-mentioned an economics degree as a good degree to have, which was good, as that's what I wanted to do at uni anyway. Then I went and learned SQL, which most jobs mentioned do, and then I applied for anything in the games industry once I left uni. It took a couple of years of working in a different, boring stationary, job co- a stationary company job, but I eventually realised my dream working at Zynga, and now Team 17. I feel so privileged to love going to work, and it's why I always encourage everyone to chase their dream jobs. I feel it's better to have tried and failed than have the regret of never trying it at all. Sorry for the length of it. Kurt, you don't need to apologise for the length of emails. Have you heard punks? (laughs) (laughs) And what? They're essays. But anyway, yeah. That's that's a good good little one to end on there, because he's living his dream. They're good, lad. Excellent. Somebody fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you not happy slinging chicken McNuggets at the Irish? It's the Goujons. They're catching me out. <laughs> Here I am buying things and working on spreadsheets and databases rather than destroy my body in a steel cage. <laughs> Getting addicted to morphine and, you know, going out in a blaze of glory with the police chasing you. That's how it was yeah. meant to end for you, Stig. Of course it was. In pain, on drugs, with a gun. <laughs> Took the easy life, though, instead. Stig Benoit. <laughs> Everyone's gadget from the future here. Um, I forgot to read Oodles' contribution because I was an idiot and didn't put it into our notes. So here's the feedback that he gave for it. Hello, listener. Sorry I couldn't make it this week, but it appears I have no voice. When I were a young'un, for whatever reason, I simply wanted to be a train driver. I was obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine, but weirdly, I didn't actually step foot on a train until I was about 10 or 11, which made the whole experience underwhelming by that point. I also wanted to be a police officer and study public services at school. Nowadays, it seems I'm on the other side of the law, more than my intended career. 
Love you all, Oodles. So, yeah, sorry, Oodles. We forgot you. Back to the episode. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, our listeners for emailing in. There's some really good ones there. So, uh, before we leave, Candy, do you want to uh, run through the socials? I shall. So you can visit our website, modernescapism.co.uk. On there, you can find a link to all of our socials, all of our contact details, and the merch store as well. Um, we do have merch, by the way. We haven't spoken about it in a while. We need to bring that up again. Our merch is cool. Buy some. Buy our um, merch. I'm wearing uh, one of our hoodies really? right now. Biggie is wearing one of our T-shirts. So if you go on the YouTube and look at our video, you can buy that. You can, you can get a handbag with Biggie's face on it. Exactly. Who wants that? Oh, you can get a bed sheet with his face on it. Can to get underwear with Biggie's face on it? <laughs> I think he possibly can, yeah. And if not, then I'm going to make sure that we do. Um, so, yeah, under Biggie's underwear. Um, if you, oh, that's my a different site that's it. fans. Just... Yeah, exactly. We you want Biggie's that. face on your nether regions. That's what you want. <laughs> Crotchular regions. Again. Uh, <laughs> just buy a pillow and destroy it. That's what I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sleeping well tonight. <laughs> That's the plan. Anyway, if you have any comments or feedback, you can fill out a form on our website, tweet us or email us at modernescapismpod at gmod.com. We've also got our Discord server. We're good friends with everyone that joins our Discord. Um, it's a bit mad, but we love it. Um, so if you'd like to join our community of listeners for a chat about the podcast and other aspects of pop culture and escapism, give us a join on that. Uh, Twitch. Gadget has started a weekly Twitch stream for Elden Ring, which yes. uh, has been brilliant. I've been watching it, <laughs> and uh, I'm never going to play Elden Ring. I don't want to, but I get to experience it through Gadget streams. So you can find us on twitch.tv forward slash modern escapism. And with the exception of Gadgets on Friday night, we do sort of semi-regular streams. They're a bit kind of sporadic at the moment, so the best place to find our schedule is um, or if we decide to do a su- surprise stream, is to keep an eye on Twitter or the Discord as well, or just wait, wait, give us a like on Twitch. And when does Biggie Dies return? Tomorrow, hopefully, but then that'll be in the future with the pod, so that will confuse everybody. So it would have been the Monday that's happening tomorrow, but later. It was a great stream. <laughs> Thanks, Biggie. <laughs> yes, enjoyed it. Can't believe Lots you died again. <laughs> Uh, we've spoken about our Patreon already, um, so if you like what we do and want to give us a bit of financial support, we really, really appreciate it. Or if you want to support us in a non-financial way as well, um, please give us a five-star review. And the Patreon address is patreon.com forward slash modern escapism. Uh, next week, I'll say, oh, we're going to have an angry one again next week. I'm looking forward to hearing this. I'm not going to be <laughs> here, but I'll be song. listening. Time to get your rant on. And it's things that were missold. So trailers that lie, promises that weren't kept. You know the score. There's been a few uh, few culprits in the last couple of years for that. So nice we to promise we're not going to talk. We promise we're not going to talk about Cyberpunk again. But we're all thinking about it. I've already started my email it. about painless pills. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> can I talk about Battlefield again? Yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? You talked about Battlefield. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that for a second. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> nice bit of radio silence. Um, yeah, that's the socials. <laughs> uh, 
Thank you very much. Uh, Punk, before we leave, do you want to tell people where they can find you? No. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> I didn't bother, so you don't have to. Yes. Gen- if- Gen- f- f- fuck you, then. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't fucking care. Ireland, you can find I, him in Ireland. I don't want your money, I just want your love. <laughs> so you can find me on youconts.co.uk. Mine's a bit quicker than theirs. <laughs> I do love that you bought that domain just for that joke. Five <laughs> fucking years. <laughs> After getting your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, Punk does a wonderful podcast, What the Fuck Do You Want? It comes out every Monday. It's half an hour to 40 minutes long. People tell him what the fuck he wants. He promises them that he'll get it done. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes things happen before his episodes come out and it ruins the flow. But... <laughs> It's a great podcast. So. So, so sometimes Stig goes on to ask for a new Mario Kart game, and then two weeks later, Chocobo GP is announced. <laughs> <laughs> Ends up playing Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> Garfield's really good fun. Uh, it, it's more that the, the recent one, where one of the recent ones, was it where they announced a, a Mario Soccer? Uh, the Strikers. Uh, strikers, and that was the next episode that was coming out. Someone oh, want, Kurt wanted those. And, that episode was originally going to be coming out as episode 44 because I record way in the fucking future. So you just had to throw it out there. <laughs> bastard. I had it recorded like three weeks before that announcement. <laughs> Nintendo just fucking up your schedule. Ah, fuck them. Fucking Nintendo. <laughs> kind of blame you guys too. Get me on for the stream. You knew it was coming. You were setting me up. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I bet you when you're watching that, you're just thinking, for fuck's sake, I've got an episode on this. Yeah, a, I think there is that reaction of, you rotten bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, so make sure you check. Oh, sorry. Well, I was, I was going to finish the pod, but you know. No, you finish your fucking pod. Go on ahead. <laughs> I will do. Get fucked. Make sure that... <laughs> Make sure you check out Punk's podcast and our podcast every Thursday and we will see you next week if you are not a Patreon subscriber but if you're a Patreon subscriber we'll see you in the green room in just a moment. Goodbye everyone. Say bye. Good luck. Daddy, what's a what's a cunt? <laughs>